0: So what are you doing, movie archives? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is the 1995 space movie <gasps> Apollo 13, starring Bill Paxton, mostly. Yes. It's a, oh, yeah. It's a total powerful, Paxton. powerful performance <laughs> by Bill Paxton. Before we even Bill talk about how we feel all about the this way. movie <laughs> and what it's done for the... Uh, the cinematic community since then, go ahead and pop in your DVD or however you have the movie, press play, and press pause again once you see the Universal logo fade to black. The first frame you perceive of all black, just guess as best as you can. Press pause, and in a second I'll say 3, two, 1, unpause. I'll press play, you'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. And it'll be like any other commentary, except in this case it'll be three friends in your head. I'm here at the table today with Mr. Brian Finifter. Hello. And Mr. Trey the Amazing Stokes. Hello. It's like an Apollo capsule here. We got three guys That's all true. Yeah.
1: with one mission. And, to and, survive to the end of this.
0: <laughs> now, this movie, I, you know, it's one of those things where, once again, Trey's the old one, yeah. and we're the young ones.
1: <laughs> I saw the original Apollo 13. This is a remake.
0: Ah, right. Well, <laughs> I saw it live You on saw television. the, uh, the uh, you know, as it was, a made-for-TV movie.
1: Yes, it was. It was also made-for-TV movie. They spared no expense. I, I heard it cost, this was, you know, cost this was billions. The, this
0: was the terrifying third act of a very expensive made-for-TV movie. <laughs> it was. It was great. The first time I saw this was in, when it came out in 95, and I, I would have been like nine maybe eight and uh i don't have any memory of seeing it other than the houston we have a problem line so you know i I grew into this person that loves space and loves space movies and and has seen all the all the from the earth to the moon episodes and everything and thanks to who (laughs) well that was your fault but you know the saturn V rocket that i made by hand is my fault that's true now brian has a thing or two to do with space i
2: i kind of like this movie a little bit a little bit um it's actually funny i when this movie came out, I was, however old I was, I was still a kid, my sister insisted on us seeing this movie like five times in the theater or some ungodly number like that. And I was pretty done with it by then. I was like, <laughs> are we going to see this movie again? It was before I, and the huge space freak that I am now. Why did she but, want to go so many times? I don't know. She just really loved the movie. Bill For Paxton. good reason. Yeah, Bill it, was Paxton. Paxton. it was Paxton. Paxton.
1: Now, were you aware that this was like a real story?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. I was, I was I old enough at the time to understand speed on that? Okay. all of that. But... um. And then it was later that I became the super space freak that I it's am. It's
0: worth mentioning that Brian has like a globe of Mars. Yes. And he's got friends that work at NASA and the whole bit. Yes. I have
2: friends that actually do the jobs in these in, in it, this movie. It's also worth it's mentioning
0: awesome. that the movie Apollo 13 was the source of inspiration for you and your, your stupid NASA buddies. Yes. <laughs> for those that don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, went
2: to, I went to a school that was all airplanes and space, a college, I should say. And uh, was in the drama club and we made movies and funny shit for the hell of it. And so my roommate at the time actually had this brilliant idea that he thought was stupid but he at some point he finally got up the courage to to say to me like yeah i had this movie i had this idea for a parody of Apollo 13 where it's you know it's them it's the mission but it's like it's thanksgiving dinner instead is that stupid and i went no that's that's absolutely brilliant <laughs> we'll we come have back to do that. That. it's stupid
1: and we should do
0: it we'll come yeah. back to that once we get to the ensuing reactions <laughs> but uh, ensuing so
2: yeah actions. we ended up uh we ended up making it and it's i frankly it's it's hilarious and you should watch it i'm just gonna put <laughs> that right out there
0: we'll include it in the post for this for this fin- uh, but, episode i'm sure i'll talk but about But we'll get it more, to the details but,
1: but it, it yeah. led to you meeting some of the people who are portrayed in this film indeed well should i tell that story now or should no, we no we got two and a half well, hours to fill yeah. yeah. we should yeah, yeah. we should pace
0: ourselves yes and how about you with your space and your growing up and all that
1: yeah my growing up when we actually landed the how is this as a first run this this is pretty um, yeah I was uh, let's see we landed on the moon in 69 so I was 9 years old this was about a year or so later um, it the it was true that uh, television had already kind of moved on from eh, moon landing. What is this one? Uh, oh, they've done it. This is the third one. Yeah, well, you know, we'll wake us when they actually get to the moon. Um, and then suddenly it became a big deal, and it was a very big deal for the week that uh, the world was waiting to find out if we were actually going to lose these guys or not. And uh, and I remember uh, the, the distinct memory I have of it is when uh, they they were actually waiting to splash down. We we're going to find out if they are actually going to finally splash down successfully. They they closed all the classes in my elementary school and we all went to the common room and watched the splashdown live on television. And it was, uh, it was almost as tense as watching it. Uh, maybe more tense than watching it in this movie. Um, <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, wow, this is real stuff. Um, the, and, and it's interesting because one of the scenes that's going on is uh, Tom, is Tom Hanks's characters, Jim Lovell's son watching in a classroom with his classmates. Isn't that Jim Lovell's son, that character yeah, at the right. military academy? So um, So, yeah, that's that's what we did. I mean, it was like the moon landing, not since the moon landing itself, probably the first moon landing was was probably there was a a moment where the whole world was like, oh, we got to we got to check this out, see what happens. So it was pretty impressive stuff.
0: So if you're paused at the point where we are paused with the universal logo fades to black, go ahead and get your remote or mouse ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. Unpause. Brian was just saying something funny about the fact that it's a very cloudy day in space and a very clear <laughs> yeah. day on Earth. The, exactly. universe, the,
1: the universal logo, which we just uh, <laughs> skipped. We just went by.
0: Brian Grazer. Brian Grazer. Ron Howard. Those guys. Those guys. That, that is Imagine. a couple of guys right there. The artist
1: formerly known as Imagine.
0: Okay. Right off the bat, there's. It, it seems odd that we came this far without an Apollo 13 movie. Don't you think? I mean, it's one of those classic, amazing coming home stories where... They talk about how one of the the seven great stories you can tell is the coming home, the story of coming home. True. This yeah. is this is <laughs> in, in all of mankind. There's yeah. never been a bigger one. No one's <laughs>
1: no one's come home farther than these three guys. This is as far as you can come home thus so far. You know, it
0: seems odd to me that we came this far without without a movie. And you know, 1995 rolls around, and here's our movie with you know Tom Hanks and all these other big faces. And it's like Ron Howard. Okay, well, I'm sure this will be fine. And it came out, and I mean, I think this movie's great.
2: Yeah, I, I think mean, it's are, are re- one of the. Best are you with me with that one? a little bit i think it's one of the best films ever made quite frankly um it's, it's, i think and again I, I wasn't alive during the period so i don't know firsthand but it's my understanding that this was you know it, nobody gave a shit until something went wrong and then it was a big deal while they were up there and then once they were uh safely back it was kind of one of those just forgotten things in history yeah like oh okay you back know to it's like, business as usual yeah it's oh wait michael jackson died uh <laughs> <laughs> let's forget everything that has ever happened big up until time. this point Kevin Bacon.
1: Now, now, no. Just briefly, we should touch on this. This is if you're playing the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. This is your blank puzzle piece. This is your blank tile. This movie, because everyone's in this movie. Um,
0: this is
2: an excellent one to use, to be sure. <laughs> Along
0: with A Few Good Men, another Kevin Bacon starring picture that has every actor that's yeah. ever lived.
2: It's, it's if you want to do Championship Kevin, and some
0: that never lived. True. If
1: you want to do Championship Kevin Bacon Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, you have to avoid Apollo 13. It's like okay, degree of difficulty, no Apollo 13. Um, because right. because among other things, uh this movie connects him directly to Roger Corman, and Roger Corman will get you just about anywhere on the board.
2: As an actor though? Well if I've, you're going strictly through actors? Well, it's like it, it it counts, doesn't it? Well, because he 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 is actually acting this, but I mean, are you using Roger Corman to correct to connect to Roger Corman movies? Well it depends that, how you play the game. If you're playing yeah, yeah.
0: Actually,
1: if you're playing championship stuff, then you'd have to go to uh Roger Corman's few acting appearances and other things. That's right. True. right. But he, I always
0: I'm always interested by the discrepancy between what the marketing campaign does for a movie and what the editor and and titles guy does for the movie where the titles guy chose this very spacey roller coaster ride that's about space kind of font like Space Mountain looking font and then all the artwork for the movie is like Trojan widespread with like a (laughs) with the the crescent and it's just like this very Very 2001 kind of kind of thing and this movie's got this really you know Obviously, they were going for a dated look with the actual font choice. But even insofar as using a font choice to make you feel dated, that's a dated concept. The Tomorrowland font. These days, we just you know you use, use one or two fonts and make them small in the center or on <laughs> the left side of the screen. That's how we do it. Put on Walter and Jules Bergman.
1: Now, and and uh, and obviously the the Walter and Jules Bergman, who's the other fellow that you see, um, are the, are authentic period footage of uh, both those guys. Um, you know, Walter definitely was the. Uh, Vocal performance by Annie, Annie Lennox. Annie
0: Lennox? Who is Annie Lennox? She's
1: the Eurythmics. No, I know that. Uh, who is she in the movie? She's. I guess she's the one who goes, <laughs> we're in space. Right. Okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Cronkite was the guy. I mean, Cronkite and Jules Bergman was the science advisor for ABC, I think it was. You know, And, and Jules Bergman, when Jules came on, that's when you knew you were going to get as the tech. You were going to get the, well, they're going to pass into the command module now and they're going to use their, uh, you know, he knew all the ter- terminology. He was. He was the geek. He was as close to a geek as we had, and, and Walter was the you know the, the uber anchor for the whole. He was, thing.
2: He was the Sandra Gupta of his time, <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> God no. But
1: um, and other times this movie uses you know recreations of period newscasters, but Jules Bergman and, and Cronkite are
0: authentic uh, period period stuff.
2: And that guy looks nothing like the actual Pete Conrad. And
0: Brian has a crush on Pete Conrad, so he'd know. Pete Conrad
2: <laughs> is the most badass individual to have ever ever lived in the human race. Well, you know, you know, Harrison
0: not. Ford lived too. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah but I got to give it to Pete
0: Conrad though. Now, really? why is that? Yeah. What? What? Pete uh, Conrad's more badass than Harrison Ford.
2: Pete Conrad, after Pete Conrad was the mission commander for Apollo twelve, and then after the the moon landing, uh, moon landings were over, they did Skylab where they launched a space station up. Oh, that's and right. Pete he Conrad was, was the too. mission commander of the first manned mission there, and the solar like not sail, but like a solar shade to to block the the space station from all the heat of the sun didn 't deploy right, so they had to go up and do this spacewalk in kind of impromptu I mean they had to plan it out really really quickly uh to deploy it on their own and he actually won the Congressional Space Medal of honor for it wow yes that was cool. another
1: that was another big, you know, that was the next kind of big space moment, like, wow, this could, you know, we launched Skylab and it was a big deal, and and, and like many things that happened, I mean, the first time you do them, it didn't really quite work the first time, like the Hubble, you know, the Hubble yeah. was a big boondoggle for a couple of years till they gave it a big giant contact lens, and now it does wonderful things, but uh, Skylab had a very rocky start as well. And they ended up also adding like some really, if you look at the pictures, like really half-assed kind of parasol they flew up and kind of
0: stuck on the side. looked like
1: a paper drink umbrella sticking off of the thing.
0: Pete Conrad, uh, along with Al Bean, who were two of the guys, the guys that walked on the moon from Apollo 12, are featured heavily in an episode of the just amazingly perfect, exquisite, from the Earth to the Moon miniseries, which I think we have Tom Hanks to thank for at least a little bit. Oh, indeed, Absolutely. You know, there are some celebrities, and you were talking earlier about how the best actors often seem to be very intelligent. Well, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you want an example of a great actor, you go to Tom Hanks. And then if you want to, you know, to support your argument with an actor, you go straight to Tom Hanks too, because it's like here's this guy who can make any movie he wants, and he wants to make a mini series about space and a mini series about World War II. And he's like, screw you guys, space is awesome, <laughs> and do it really awesome, and do it. I mean, really, really like commit to it. Because if you watch, and this is a hearty recommendation to go find from the Earth to the Moon and watch it. Here's that's absolutely a, that's
2: a very important line. It's not a you know. We we walked on the moon. It's not a miracle. We just decided to do it, yeah. which is something that all those moon hoaxers, which I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> Brian's a little that. wistful right now. You yeah. know what? I a little bit. It's well.
1: It's it is true. I mean, it's 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 just. So, it seems so alien to the way you know the way our society is nowadays. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's. I don't know what happened to us specifically. Although you know, everyone keeps pointing to Watergate. You know, was like you can't trust the government to do anything except for the things the government does really well like get us to the moon and have a military and other things so but there's a there's a general we can't do that or we shouldn't do that
2: attitude yeah. about that nobody things. can do anything right so why even bother trying we shouldn't even try because they are hard because yes. they are hard. exactly yeah. Yeah. thank I you i mean Tom. it's a cliche at this 40 years after the fact it's a cliche to say oh well we can land on the moon but we can't Whatever it is. Make a decent cup of coffee or whatever it is. But, yeah. We land... Seriously. We we landed on the freaking moon, though. We landed on the goddamn moon. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs)
1: Anyone not from an advanced space-faring civilization, raise your hand.
0: Okay. Wow there. Okay. Okay. That's a little much there, Tom. Yeah. Let's, hey, uh, easy there, space boy. Right. We're out right. between takes right now. Down. We already, now, we, here's something that's really cool, and I want, I'm want. i not going to ever stop we, talking the about the... We well, the fact that we
1: built this building. The fact that we built a building you can put a Saturn V in check is this pretty out. impressive. This
0: <laughs> shot of the Kennedy Space Center, which, by the way, you can see from my old girlfriend's house, which was awesome. This shot, they're coming around the corner right here, and you see inside, you see the Saturn V inside. The, the actual stock footage of this shot, uh, the door was closed. <laughs> So that's an entirely digital replacement, so or models. It's, it's it's a digital composite replacement. It's a real, This whole sequence, a real VAB the, the only a thing that's really there is that bridge they're standing on, and the rest is green screen and models and matte paintings. So it's just, uh, this movie is a tissue of amazing visual effects, and apparently there's, there's a bunch of little anecdotes where someone like Buzz Aldrin was like, wow, where'd you guys get this footage? And a, and a bunch of other okay. things. Where I guess Trey had a story like that yeah, Devers, too. Never um, saw this. Here's
1: Roger Corman, by the way. Roger yeah, Corman playing right. a Roger Corman playing the angry senator. Roger Corman looks like that's that's the silver-haired gentleman right there. And and Roger Corman, you know, in this film, I would guess as an homage because Roger Corman gave Ron Howard his first job directing a movie. Someone. The the kid from Happy Days wants to direct a movie. No one would give him give that kid. (laughs) No one give that kid a job except for Roger Corman because he'll give anybody a job directing a movie once. Uh, That was, I believe, it was Gone in sixty seconds. Was that his first one? I think it was. Yeah, it was a good movie. Um, And uh, and off he went to become a a reasonably successful film director. Since then, reasonably. Anyway, so you were saying the the visual effects.
0: I mean, how people just there there's stories that you hear about people that didn't know they were all effects shots. They thought they would stitched Even together stock footage. I, I've, I've, I've spoken to someone in the industry
1: who said, well, there's a lot of stock footage in Apollo 13 to which you have to kind of gently say NASA no, didn't no, shoot their launches in widescreen. They shot them in 16 millimeter. It's like all the footage that we've seen, they recreated every single one of it's, those. It, you know, it's a
0: matter of a, how well the effects were done for this movie in 1995 by digital domain, for those who are wondering effects supervisor Rob Legato, but it's also sort of a thing where people might get confused with the right stuff, which did use stock footage, and mm-hmm. it, it felt kind of right, but <laughs> they did a lot of, in the right stuff. right stuff
1: did a lot of their it, own stuff as that's well. True. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, their documentary footage sometimes was real documentary footage.
0: In any case, the, I mean, the effects in this movie are, okay, most, of the, most of it is absolutely passable. A lot of it's perfect. There's a few shots where it's like, eh, okay, that works, but... There are several shots that are just amazing. Yeah. Like 2001 level, Jesus, yeah. that looks like a real thing. And it's interesting yeah. combo because 95, we're, we're on the cusp of
1: between practical models and digital work and digital compositing and, and things like that. So, so most of the... When you see a ship, it's a real it's a model. model. It's an
0: actual authentic model. And rightly so. Whenever you see gas, it's a CG effect. When you see the ice falling off in shelves, that's a CG effect. But most of its models and extensions of background... Pain, There's also real like fire that. from our, our good friend Joe Fiskosel. Joe Fiskosel. Fiskosel
2: and also I generated in charge of fire blowing shit up. In different, in different portions.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah. In any case... And here's all. Yay! He's got a family. He's got a gold jacket. Wait, don't they give you those gold jackets after you fly a mission? What did, well, what, he, did what did Jim Lovell do before? He's this? already he's already he's, been uh, around the moon at this. Yeah, at
2: this point, he's already like the most flown astronaut in in the astronaut corps. He flew twice on Gemini, including setting the um, um, uh, duration in, long duration, duration record for longest for record. Gemini flight. Yeah, long like two weeks in a Gemini capsule, and then he was on the first mission to fly around the moon, which didn't land but flew around.
0: Wait, so. He was. He was, was. Jim Lovell in the right stuff? No,
2: no. Because there he right was. He would, a, there are two. He's not one of the original Mercury astronauts. Right. The the astronauts. Oh, right. were right. stuff. Mercury. My bad. In groups. The first group is the original seven, the Mercury Seven. which was the, the, right is the new nine, isn't he? Lovell's is in the new nine. Lovell is in the second group along with Armstrong, uh, Armstrong and, and Aldrin and, Aldrin and, and a the bunch guys. Of others. The guys and the Apollo guys. And then there's like the new. I think fourteen. They were the third group, and then it just goes on. And they just they just had bunches of them after that. Who keeps track anymore? <laughs>
1: yes, this is how we used to simulate things with little miniatures and TV cameras, and and that's it. When I the, when I used to go to the Air and Space Museum when I was a kid, they, they you could do this, you could actually do a, a version of this where you, they had little models that would come together in front of you, and you had to you know, had like a very simple controller. And I would I would get there every day. I was going to go to the Smithsonian. I would get there at opening time so I could run to go <laughs> play the the, the simulator. Com- the simulator.
0: I went to Space Camp and we had something very similar to this at that point. So. You went to space camp. I went to fucking space camp. I did not know you went, went to, to space, space camp. Camps. I didn't know you went to space camp. I went, to, I went. It's freaking awesome.
2: Yes, it is. Alabama one.
0: Yeah, The Huntsville one. Huntsville. It was, was there really a cool. talking, sentient
1: robot that was like a ball with three wheels who rolled around and and, sat and talked to you like this? I don't
0: recall. It might might have uh, been, but I don't recall. The that. The movie lied. Sorry. Uh, Unfortunately, but that was the me. was the Florida space camp. Oh, that was the Alabama. Oh, space oh camp. Alabama space camp. Sleeping in pods and whatnot. Good. See, you'll
2: see that a lot of times. Tom Hanks's character. Lovell is wearing the Apollo 8 mission patch, ah. as opposed to the 13 patch. There you go. No I wonder if he flew on Apollo Mattingly.
0: 8. I wonder if someone here knows about that.
2: But Mattingly and Hayes, on the other hand, don't have any mission patches.
0: Well, that's because one's Bill Paxton, and one is <laughs> fucking... <laughs> what is Kevin
2: Begg? Now when, okay, oh, ta- let's, Kev, let's talk
0: Cassidy, because Tom Hanks, I feel, nails it. I, I think we're with Tom Hanks. It's funny because Jim Lovell, the real Jim Lovell, talks about how he wanted Kevin Costner to do it, and then I guess Costner didn't Ron want Howard. to. Jim Jim Lovell said Costner. Oh well, yeah. Jim Lovell- Costner looks like me when I was that age. Well, yeah. If you if you look
2: at actual that's true, Jim Lovell, he does. He looks like Kevin Costner, and that's other people like Brian Grazer and Ron Howard, I guess. Or the studio or somebody said, "Okay, well, we're going to go for Kevin Costner because he looks the part." Kevin Costner's Costner like, "Baseball,
0: Ray." Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, here, sports Hanks are cooler than science, dorks.
2: Now we do. We have to do a segue here. with
1: A little thing. There's this little scene here they throw in early on to to throw a little um, jeopardy and excitement in here. Um, I really objected to the original commercials and trailers of this of this movie showed clips from this scene most specifically the shot of the guy being pulled out the window so so as a person who you know knows the story of Apollo 13 it's like I'm looking at this commercial thinking, what the hell version of, <laughs> twisted Hollywood eyes version of Apollo 13 are they making where the guy's hanging out the hatch? Who's and directing this? What kind of Looney Tune stuff is, is this? Because that didn't actually freaking happen. And then, the, you know, they, I, yes, they in the movie it's fine because it's actually a dream she's having and that's fine for a movie. But I thought it was really unfortunate that yeah. they put it in the commercial to try and make you think that's what the movie was really going to be about. Anyway. So uh, we're talking about uh, Costner. I think Costner, Costner, not replacing Hanks. No, because you know it's it's hard to picture. But I can
0: still picture Costner doing this. I and think doing a Costner. Fine job yeah. of it.
1: I think Costner could have been in this movie. I think he's quite good in, in this. I mean, kind he of
0: does of have that sort of flyboy look about him.
1: He does. have he did thirteen days. Uh, now he, was he in thirteen days? That was his.
0: Uh, uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, um, but, but you know, everyone else, like the only the the, the, the iris- they, there's Bruce, irreplaceable but. folks all over this movie. I mean, Ed Harris. Awesome. Nobody else could do that. Can't Gino really Hats think of anyone else for that role. And, and, you know, Gary Sinise came in and nailed it for Mattingly, too. And, and you know, Kevin Bacon and, and Kevin Bacon Kevin is, Bacon is Bill solid. Paxton. And
1: then, of course, you got Bill Paxton, who has. He stewed, but one Who's got naked pictures of some Hollywood studio executive or something. <laughs> it's got to be on. something like that. Bill Paxton seems like a perfectly nice guy, but I'm not sure where his career is exactly coming from.
0: It's, and
1: here we get another mention of Pete
2: Conrad. Better than Neil way Armstrong. Better than yeah, way, way better than Peak. Yeah, way better than Peak. Which, by the way, would be very, very douchebag. hard because, all right, Neil Armstrong on Apollo 11 landed about two miles away from the actual set down, right? Because the targeting computers were going to have them set down in a field of rocks. And at the last minute, he was like... <laughs> Uh well shit we can't land there so we put it on a manual and landed it, a like couple like three miles, miles away, away right yeah Apollo twelve on the other hand their tar- their landing target was an unmanned probe sojourner right um no, no. Um, Surveyor. surveyor 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 S. three I believe or five I forget which so their objective was to land as close to surveyor as they could. And obviously, with a Armstrong, they landed a couple miles away. Conrad, on the other hand, like, was like, like two hundred meters away. It. It like fifty yards or something like Jesus. that. Jesus. He like parallel parked next
1: to next to <laughs> yeah. next to surveyor. Overshot backed up a little bit, put it down. That, that
0: way better than Pete Conrad. lied, I guess, is a reference to the fact that Jim Lovell and Pete Conrad were friends.
2: Yeah, well, they were. Yeah, they were very good friends. They knew each other. They gave each other before shit. they were in the astronaut corps.
0: Which, if you watch that, if you pilot. watch, if you know anything about Pete Conrad or watch that episode called "Is That All There Is?" from from the Earth to the Moon, you can totally understand Pete Conrad being one to give other shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to give you an idea, I mean, and it's funny because Al Bean, who's actually the star of that episode, they, they focus on him, is played by Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. Yes. Amazing. It's, it, it's oh, it's so. Good if you like this movie, even if you don 't you have a good chance of liking it, but if you like this movie you 'll love that series it 's just too much it 's just all this amazing yay, space and more and, and more
1: space it just gets into just, it's like it's like it's like the biggest extended special feature disc of Apollo 13 you could ask for <laughs> yeah. is, uh, from the earth to the moon because there 's a whole episode about how they designed the lunar lander, which is it's called you know, Spider nir- great nir- which is just Another nerd great, great nirvana great. to to see that kind of stuff and um, and I was always curious because I was watching the show as it was uh, originally airing on HBO. Seems so a recurring pattern in your life. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was I was alive for that too, considering <laughs> that was only about eight years ago. But um, I was wondering, because they were doing it more or less chronologically, I was wondering, well, what are they going to do about Apollo 13? Because they've kind of done that, they done that one, one before. Hanks has already done that one. Are they going to redo Apollo 13? But what they did was they completely ignored... The space capsule, and it was all about the, the, the families back home and what the families went through. And also the more uh, the press. Jay Moore yeah, playing the press, yeah. exactly. And how, how do we cover this, and how do we talk about by this? By the
2: Apollo 13 episode it, it, and that. It was, it's, it's this it was a little desperate story. housewife-y. It was, a it was little, this fake story with Jay you know, Moore, and like the, they create a fake Walter Cronkite character for the miniseries. He's, you know, he's, he's yeah. an
0: amalgam of all those guys, but yeah, yeah he's yeah. clearly
2: Walter cronkite Yeah. So it's this this fake conflict between Jay Moore and this other guy, but whatever.
0: In this movie. Yes. Yeah. We're all kind of waiting for the space part. It's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, Although a, what's kind of interesting is that nice have we seen the Safari in yet? The Witch? No. That no, comes no, in a little yeah, while, doesn't it? Up. A little bit. Yay. Brings back a moon rock. Screw you. <laughs>
1: Now, of course, we lost, we lost a number of astronauts. The, the astronauts that you've never heard of are the ones who, who died in their jets mm-hmm. right? while they were still going through the training program, like Elliot C. Elliot C is
2: one Charlie I know Bassett. of,
1: Charlie Bassett. They, they, they were in the same plane, right? Didn't
2: they go down yeah, together? Yeah, they, they actually crashed into the factory where they were making yeah, they, the command uh, lunar module. One yeah. of the two. Yeah, they were they on They crashed way into too. the roof of the factory where they were making it. And through some miracle, unfortunately, they were killed, but through some miracle, none of the actual spacecraft were damaged. So uh, it,
1: I wonder if there... There probably is, I think, you know, a little bit of of like, like kind of like Disneyland. Like no one's ever died at Disneyland. Well, that's because we don't pronounce them dead until they're out of the park. You know, th- th- there was uh, there was some casualties. You know, we we got these guys back, but there you were know, some he casualties. Says no Americans
0: space. died in space, and yeah, that's that's a technicality. That's technically
1: true because we had plenty die in space capsules.
2: Um, they just weren't in space at the time, and we lost a lot of guys in training. And uh, you well, know.
0: that's what it's something
2: else they talk about from the Earth to the Moon. But that's what with the Apollo One fire where the guys died during a a simulation on the pad, when the fire broke out, everybody was so stunned and flabbergasted because everybody kind of assumed that at some point a mission was going to go wrong and we would lose somebody. But nobody counted on losing somebody in a simulation. In the parking lot. In the parking lot, right? yeah. And that was what threw everybody back.
1: I think uh, the opening, they had a little, uh, that stylized that very beginning of this movie, the stylized thing with the... D- but the the re recreation of the fire idea. I think you're the you're the more the accuracy guy than I am. But but I don't think they were in they were there was a shirt sleeve test, wasn't it? they weren't in full no, gear it was with a full helmets. Suit up. Was it a full yeah. suit up? Oh,
2: okay. The although the stock footage at the beginning makes it look like they were actually on a pad with a Saturn V, which is was not. Were the they case. in like a room? The the white room was, which is like the little support room. That is enclosed around the capsule until it's actually ready to launch. That was around it, right? It wasn't the gantry the way it is.
0: All these, all these uh, overhead shots of this pad are a model with a matte painting. Yeah. Or but this a is the actual this is the actual
1: crawler. If you've
0: ever been at yeah, yeah, yeah. Kennedy, from, that, da- from down the, here, that's the real one.
1: That's the crawler that's that's been there since day one. It's it's built. It's the same one it's built for one. Well, function. I mean, there's several. They, but, have, yeah. they have like maybe two. I think. But, but yeah. I think there's yeah. three. It's been built for. One purpose, and it's only ever done one thing, and that's to ferry vehicles from the VAB to the pad.
0: None of you guys have to live with Brian, but there's one thing. (laughs) There's one thing. What is that like? It's it's, it's a cycle of never-ending... Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, and Apollo 13 quotes. Okay, fair enough. But well, this is And Star Trek. And and sure, there's sure, a little of bit of Star Trek, but I don't recognize those because I you had a life to. growing up. And in this case, this is the line that you hear all the time from Brian, where it's like, this is flight surgeon horseshit, <laughs> So hey. you can't say horseshit without Brian saying, what kind and who? <laughs> <Flight> <laughs> this surgeon is flight surgeon horse shit. horseshit.
2: If that bothers you, just be glad you didn't go to college with me or my friends. Because I, I feel like been. I
0: missed out on some excellent reference jokes. The, the, oh, this, you missed some
2: great times.
1: So. The actor, who, the flight surgeon horseshit actor, who's in this scene and will has is prominent there. Phil it is Phil Horseshit um, has uh, has uh, has. Uh, He's that guy that I always think is Rain Wilson and isn't Rain Wilson. Yeah, he's, he's he's the guy who is
2: that Rain Wilson the guy from the office. Even no, before it's not I Rainn knew Wilson. who Rain Wilson was, I looked at that guy and went, "Wow, that's Rainn Wilson." Yeah. I wonder if
0: uh,
1: he he is in a, he's an Apollo uh, Apollo not Apollo United, United ninety three. Oh, yeah. He has
0: a prominent role in ninety nine. Was Jack Swigert really a major player? I hope yes. so. Okay, because I was going to say, you you'd be really stoked yeah, about was, this movie. Because he was, really, was, like, like, was thanks, Ron. He was one of the single astronauts. He was, and I, you, think I think mean, just, first,
1: just imagine for yourself, you're an astronaut, okay? You're a 60s. single <laughs> astronaut. Yeah. You're one of the original 15 or so, you know, pointed to as America's greatest heroes. Come on, you don't think they're getting tail? Come on. With
2: free Corvettes, no. Yeah, come on now. He, um, well, both him and Mattingly were both bachelors, but swagger mattingly was creepy mattingly seems all tense well and swagger as a result of this was the first
0: unmarried astronaut in space oh go. cool almost so the only, almost the first unmarried astronaut to die in space yes almost. There you
1: go. there's that line in the west wing that uh it's in uh it's in one of the one of the one of the episodes where he's in the car the president's in the car with his wife and he says do you know that almost none of the guys who went to the moon are married to the same women now that they were then mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of a
2: lot of their marriages broke up yeah um uh, Lovell is still married to Yeah, I think he's you know, he's
0: one of the few that's yeah, still married to one his of the original wife. And so they rewarded them with a movie.
2: And that's yeah, they'll make a movie
1: about them because, you know, the divorce part is kinda sad. Which which uh, I guess the argument of it is is it because that you know, you, By their nature, to, to have they're a, flippant to have and have cavalier. To have, no, I think more to, you know, can you have a peak experience like that and that come back just different than you left? Is it that or is it is it the fact that, you know, they, were, they weren't they were that happy, but it, as long as they were in the space program, NASA said don't get divorced because it looks bad because you're America's heroes or, or you know, what? Yeah. why would that be?
2: Well, it's, Or is it just
1: because most people are not married to the same people for 20 years anymore?
2: I think it's a combination of having the most stressful job in the world and being – highly visible the world's greatest celebrities for a time being and yeah having all that pressure of the media spotlight plus this most incredibly stressful job
0: it's funny because in this movie you see gary sinise and he's kind of he's not skinny he's kind of filled in and he's tan and all those things if you watch the behind the scenes feature he's lost like 30 pounds and he's pale so it's like creepy very dorky gary sinise <laughs> yeah he looks he's, very this, he's, wee-bish. he's yeah it's really odd that he plays this like you know Astronaut in this movie, and then you see them in the behind the scenes, and it's like, I could push you over. <laughs> yeah, I, I could beat you up. Yeah. This was this movie was after Forrest Gump. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. One so, year after.
0: One year after. Now, John Hanks st- made Philadelphia, then Forrest Gump, and then, then Apollo thirteen. 13. <laughs> yeah, that was his, that was the big streak, and, and he, uh, uh, he was expecting. There was a joke he, on. He, SNL. And he wasn't
1: nominated for this one. That right, was the shock. That's the thing. And, and he's he like, y-
0: so I just wanted to do my uh, acceptance speech for this one on SNL, and he's like, it's a true honor to be nominated for. The third time, and it was a whole big bit that he did.
1: <laughs> no, just expecting to be nominated for <laughs> Apollo thirteen. The well, uh, Gary Sinise was, you know, not that particularly well known. Um, before Forrest Gump. And so I remember more than one person when this movie came out remarked on how well Gary Sinise seemed to be getting around on his artificial legs. And, no uh, way. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, you nice. Know, I had to point out that, no, the, the missing legs were a visual effect. Gary Sinise has two perfectly normal legs. Was this person in legs. the movie
2: industry?
0: Uh, no. So
1: okay. what have we
0: learned? Ken Ralston and Rob Legato can make you believe anything.
1: That's right. Well, if you don't know the guy and you don't know to be looking for strange visual effects like, you know, digitally missing legs then you must go oh that, that actor with no legs is he's good he must have been
0: pretty happy when he was in Zero Gravity <laughs> yeah, it must have that would be so a funnier joke around. if they hadn't actually done yeah. the, the vomit comet thing for this movie which is, which is they pretty spectacular they assembled the set of the interior of the ship inside a plane called the KC-135 mm-hmm. Yeah, which goes up and down at such a rate that you can simulate Anywhere from full gravity to zero gravity, and all the way in between. Like you can do one sixth gravity, and, and double the gravity on the way back up. Exactly, but you know, you have yeah, you have to deal with the fact that once you come to the bottom of your parabola, and then you, you sit down on the floor and you up, get pushed your face back into your back back eyeballs. But they actually built the set in the in the rom- I keep wanting to say Spruce Goose in the Vomit Comet, <laughs> so that they could actually shoot in zero G for like twenty seconds at a time. And they would do like the, you know, it's like a three hour flight until they have to go down and refuel or just get refueled from you know from the air. But they could do like. Ten setups every time they go out, which is which is an amazing that's, amount. That's, that's, that's yeah. not like insanely fast on the ground, but that's hopping. That's it's, you guys are a, moving. It's a no, technical. Still ag- pretty good. Good. It's a pretty technical good. It's a technical achievement.
1: Regular, I think you know, in, in the same kind of you know zone as as the abyss. Just the sheer technology and and stamina required to just make a movie in those conditions. You know, it's like if you're imagine like trying to make a movie on board in case K. KC-135 is basically a, like a 747. is an analogous size. Can you imagine like trying to make a movie on a plane in flight that's going up and down and up and down and, down and doing zero G? Um, and I, I I would like to have been on the first meeting where, where they said, okay, so we're going to to do this entire movie with these guys weightless in these tiny capsules. I said, well, how do we do that? And, and who was the first person to say, hey, what if we what? shot on board the Vomit
2: Comet? What if we actually, you know, Made do them it. W- and, and made that's, them that's, that's, actually That's, that's, that's funny. Okay, what yeah, can that's we really do? No, I
1: no, seriously, hear me out. No, no, you're insane. Moving on. And apparently, it did take quite a while to to verify that that yeah, was go technically feasible and and uh, and get it done. Um, you can actually there are there are I think there's at least one private company now that will that has basically has the, a vomit comet of their own because it's not like it's a special plane. It's just. A crazy person at the, at the piloting it is all you need, and a plane that can handle the stress. Take out
0: the seats and put in yeah, a lot just of pillows. pad the
1: interior, and get a pilot who goes, "All right, let's do it." And you can you can simulate that. Um, so the, so yeah, that they built they actually built a you know portions of set inside of this damn plane, and then shot these twenty second takes of. of Actual actors in actual weightlessness, and it's spectacular that they did that. And you can tell – I think you can always tell when they're switching. You know, the, the, the ones where they're actually weightless are so clearly they're weightless because they've got blobs of, of fluid next to them or things are floating and spinning next to them or they're doing these gymnastics. Um, and you'll notice that they're not talking. In, they're, they're always dubbed. That's that's the giveaway because I think on board, it's the, a loud on board plane. the on board the plane it was a little too loud or they just didn't want to bother with another layer layer of technology and have to record dialogue. But I think they just probably just they couldn't get good dialogue recording
0: over the sound of the plane and all the grips the
1: engines going <laughs> rah. So you can always tell that those are looped. And, but you know, there's just no mistaking real zero g. And then there are times when they're obviously just kind of like I'm floating, but they've done it
0: enough times and they do it so
1: well that it's pretty darn
0: seamless. Historical space movies always make me happy. The right stuff and From the Earth to the Moon and Apollo 13 are like a perfect little triad of oh good. Yeah. That's such a relief.
2: I want yeah. science fiction I want fictional science fiction to have this feeling, this aesthetic to it and not not a lot does. That's why I was so disappointed with Moon to be honest because the it had this it was advertised with this kind of safari inn. It's right across the street from us. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) not in Florida. (laughs) It's like
2: five minutes away in Burbank. But it kind of promised this Apollo 13-like aesthetic, and then the story didn't really deliver that heart of a science fiction Sir, story. Sir,
0: Sam Rockwell goes crazy on the moon. <laughs> that much I will give you. That <laughs> okay, was crazy. Well, what do you need? People always gave him shit because they thought this was really playing up and trying to be kind of disingenuous with it's the... like, oh, that's the, such the, a hokey the, moment. Yeah, the, the Maryland... Losing psychology. the wedding ring? Yeah. And uh, it turns out this really happened. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, I guess Marilyn
2: Lovell gave the filmmakers shit because they don't ever show the conclusion. They just have this little scene and then it goes on. Didn't with she the like get the manager and they got yeah, the, they like the ring Yeah, they shut back. off the plumbing and she got it. And it wasn't really a big deal. But now, <laughs> since the movie has come out, everybody's like, oh my God, whatever happened with the wedding ring? Yeah. And she has to answer She's all time. like, I got a
0: hanger. Yeah.
2: It was fine.
1: Not everything is an omen, y'all. Come on. <laughs> Friday the 13th, and they launched on the 13th, and it's of 13, and he's like, oh, so we're the Roman Empire, we're still scared of the number 13? I <laughs> just, I don't...
0: Well, you know, they said that, and they're talking about how, like, people were faced with this in the first place, and the whole line, it comes after 12, is actually a line that someone had said. It's like, look, straight as an arrow, we didn't, we, it's, we're fucking NASA. Yeah. You see what we're doing? Moon? Moon? We don't give <laughs> yeah. a shit about ladders yeah. or black cats or any of that. Fuck it. And then since then, there's been no Flight 13.
2: Yeah, which I still don't know, because it's... They said that in the behind-the-scenes that we were watching before. And so, obviously, I, I went to look it up. Because Brian fact-checks. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm that guy. and uh, It turns out. Well, it turns out that the only program that has last long enough to have a 13th mission is the space shuttle. So, and according to the internet, which, as we all know, is never wrong. No. Uh, they number them sequentially for the first, like, 25 flights. But if you actually look on, at the list, it goes to, like, STS-9. And then it goes to 41 or something. So, who knows what the truth <laughs> we, is. We lost 27 shuttles? <laughs> right in a <laughs> Talk row. about a
1: cover-up. Who damn. knows how
2: NASA numbers those things.
1: I've but. never, I've, I've always been, you know, the, the, the launch, there's the launch helmet, which is this kind of helmet, which is entirely glass a
0: bubble, a bell jar. It's funny how you can actually tell that there's mm. not much to the image map they're using in the background there. <laughs> it's pretty sad. It's very though. Microsoft Flight Simulator kind of a look, isn't you know, it? You know, the, you know, it was a. it was pretty much a flat projection map. A little bit. There's, you know, I think that's the only 3D uh, real world background that we have. Most of its matte paintings are or, or background plates. Right. I'm sorry, Trey. I'm
1: just, I'm just you know, who, you know, what, what was the thinking behind? Let's have their entire helmet be glass, glass. just the whole thing. Because obviously, it's a different helmet than they use when they're EVAing on the moon. Um, you know, it says, yeah, we're gonna put your head inside a giant bell jar, it's like, and shake me around really hard and 10 G's. Uh, let's and let's talk this through. Through pressure for
0: a week. Yeah, All right, let's, let's talk this it. through for a second. Is this our first time in uh, Mission Control? Pretty
1: much. Uh, and, I, and I believe
0: that we're because he's we're, talking about how Crance is pulling out the old vest. But notice
1: how we're milking. We haven't. We still have yet to yeah. see Crance. This
0: is Crance's introduction. We're, we we
1: we haven't seen Kranz him yet. Crance is a really small guy. And oh, we're still not seeing him. He's got no head yet you know maybe maybe Ed Harris just wasn't there that day but uh.
0: <laughs> now it's um we we have a whole movie to talk about other stuff so let's take a second here just to mention the fact that a little while back here at this here apartment we had a moon themed party in celebration of 40 years of having land on the moon with Woo-hoo! Apollo 11 which really and, happened by it, the way yeah and Brian and I and a, and a number of others dressed up like mission control Yes, nice. That was fun. And Chloe Z, who some of you will remember, uh, had a, an, an actual space camp jumpsuit with aviators. And we had Fantastic. guests. We told
2: guests to dress up, and a few of them. Someone
0: too. someone brought a uh, an empty Beta tape case that said Apollo Moon tapes don't erase, and then you would open it up and it's empty, and you would go shit, and he'd run away. <laughs> Sweet. It was a, it was it was a good times. But we all had the you know the traditional white shirt sleeves with a, th- a thin black tie up at the neck. It's a it's and a smoking, smoking cigarettes cigarette constantly. I hope. Well I to was be authentic.
1: There you go. That's that's uh, this this movie actually plays that up really well. That uh, first of all, smoking was just far more prevalent, and and also the fact if you've been to Mission Control, in actual Mission Control, you know the, the ashtrays are built into the counters quite often. That that you know, come you're, on, c- guess you're what? You're going to be stressed. How can you do these kind of job and not you know smoke constantly? Oh, come on, is... it's a given.
0: There's Brian. Didn't you have like? Did you make like a funny video about this? Shut up! I'm watching the sequence. <laughs> Brian, come back! No, well, we, I can't, we watch. Can't, we can't have that. We just we watched this. We just watched the
1: movie, so you could do that once. We're going to have to. We're going to have to assume that uh, people who are listening to us have already enjoyed the movie as its as its own thing, and we need to come up with something to talk about.
2: Uh, yes. So this is a uh, this is
1: a it's a great it's a great sequence, and it's been done in plenty of movies, but uh, rarely uh, as good as this one. This that whole sort of so go good. flight, go flight,
0: go flight. There's just something about it that's fantastic.
2: It gets you going. Now,
0: isn't that the same kind of Corvette that they gave uh, Pete Conrad and... Seems like John- everybody's got a Corvette. It, well, got a the, Corvette. Golden Corvette, yeah. the golden Corvette. With the golden jacket. It. Well,
2: the golden Corvette is a thing, but the there was a dealership in Florida that... Would give them gold Corvettes? Literally, it was like, this is the greatest marketing idea anybody has ever had. I'm that's just going to give the astronauts true. free Corvettes, and they're world celebrities, so everybody's going to want a Corvette. And that's basically... He just leased them to them for and, some insane and, price. And then he bought
0: some Swampland in Florida. For for, for
1: decades, douchebags wanted Corvettes. There's no doubt about it. Guidos hey. and douchebags the world over wanted Corvettes. I, I like Corvettes. I like to look at them. You ever actually if had you had to drive if one you have those, those two
0: ingredients, what soup would you be making, Brian? I want a Corvette. Okay, a, never mind.
1: A Corvette has got to be one of the most inefficient, silly driving machines that's ever been devised. It looks it well. looks awesome, but it's it's really not fun. <laughs> Shut up, they're cool. It's not sense to drive, you know. Give me a Trans Am, baby. Give me a. Give me a good Smokey and the Bandit. It's all engine. Go for it's all hood.
2: And uh, I suppose we should clarify for people that because this might be a little confusing, is the launch control in Kennedy has control over the the spacecraft, the rocket, until it clears the tower. At which point, the control transfers to Mission Control in Houston. In Houston. Why this is the case? It's because. Lyndon Johnson was from Texas, and we had to appease him in order to get the whole thing off the ground in the first place. And
0: here we go. And this is just a string of insane effect shots, and each one's like handled differently. And some CG, and there's some miniatures, and there's some random fire elements, and there's just all this crap. And there's some. I understand.
1: Wait. There's there's some that, some actual shuttle launch footage which is had they, they painted over had a had a uh, a Saturn V put into it.
0: Pretty spectacular stuff, man. People are always like, man, where'd you get that footage? Where do you think? <laughs> Boy, we really screwed over that union cameraman on that shot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a shame
1: that the way that guy tilted up and then got vaporized. He
0: came out looking like the dude from Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I always now, think I, that the girl that's crying on the right there looks more like Marilyn Level than the girl they got to play Marilyn Lovell does. That's just an odd little comment. But, you know, if you watch the behind the scenes, it will be like, hey. So, where he says, okay, guys, we got it. It means they cleared the tower. That means they're handing it off to
1: Houston. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, they're, they're, their job is done at that point. And now it's tracking. So off
0: they go. So I guess, I mean, Brian and I have both lived in Florida. Have you ever lived in Florida, Trey?
1: spent a lot of time there. I spent time there. I've never officially lived in Florida.
0: But one of the things that will happen the more you live in Florida is the more, like, I had this experience for the first time I, I was driving home at night and see this bright bead of light going straight up kind of slowly. I'm like... I got to call you. I was just on the, the phone. Big orange I, I was on the phone. I was like yeah, I got to call is. you back. It's I don't know what the meteor. hell is going on. But it looks exactly like a very small sun just going up like okay. And it lights up below it so you see and I I saw it at night, which is sort of cool because you see like the the top of what is a cloud all the way down obviously, but you only see like this little like stream behind it so you have no idea what it is a, unless you're, you know, smart. Uh, I didn't a, have any idea. A rocket launch at night, a night launch
2: is one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen in my life. They are truly Remarkable
0: things to but see. But what you miss out on is seeing what the contrail does.
2: Yes, that's true. Which is also one of the coolest and weirdest things. when a When a rocket takes off, having lived in Florida for six years, I saw quite a few shuttle launches. Um, it'll leave this giant pillar of of exhaust behind it, and uh, you know, about as time goes on. You know, right after the launch, it's a straight pillar. But as as time goes on, the wind will blow it and and at half an hour to an hour afterwards, it will twist this this <laughs> contrail into this weird pretzel cloud-shaped thing. It's just really, really odd and spectacular and amazing. <laughs> we, I'm sorry. I'm just geeking out. No, that's all right. Have you ever
1: read um, uh, Pendul- look, Pen Look for pictures of it because Pen- it's really awesome. Penn of uh, Penn and Teller wrote a great essay in one of his books about um, how a shuttle launch or a rocket launch, but shuttle launch because a shuttle is the biggest thing we launch nowadays, I guess, um, that a shuttle launch is is an example of... Perfect natural comedy timing. Have you ever read that essay? No, I it's actually very funny. Um, he talks about going to see the sh- shuttle launch, actually watching a shuttle launch, which I've never had the privilege of seeing a rocket in person go up. But uh, I'm sure that's pretty amazing. Um, and maybe so. And you have you actually mm-hmm. attended in, per- in person, so maybe you'll understand this. Um, he talks about how how you 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 go to the shuttle launch and you know and, and you they go they count it down and it's, it's a night launch, and so and, and it just let you know suddenly like from nowhere. You you don't even know what you're looking at yet. You know, like it's they they tell me this right. man, the, the shuttle, shuttle the shuttle's yeah. over there somewhere. Right, right, right. You know, and then it's like and then suddenly they go, and zero, and then suddenly like, Oh, there it is and suddenly this you know this impossible flame and this impossible fireball and this impossible smoke goes up and it's just this you know, the, it's like, you know, this bright, amazing Brilliant light, and suddenly everything is illuminated, and you see the things start to go into the air. and And, and he, ta- he talks about how you know this is in Florida, so it's like you know there's 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 like everything is it's totally quiet. Like the, you know the crocodiles and the alligators are all going. Look, we're going to space. Animals are going to space. Animals are. We did this. We us little measly protoplasmic creatures. We did that. We're all doing it. Um. And 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 he says, and then the thing goes up and up and up, and the light is impossible. And right about then, is when you go. Why is it not making any noise? And then the in he's, the way he says it is uh, at about the microsecond that your brain thinks, why is there no that's when the noise hits you. The wall of, <laughs> of bass is yeah, what it is. Exactly. It's just like the biggest subwoofer in human history yeah. just gut punches you and knocks you on your ass. And so he says it it's, it was the perfect example of comedy timing like that's really why is it not making any boom there's your punchline literally. Um
2: is it is it like that? It is like yeah, there's definitely yeah. a delay. The closest because you're across several across miles river, you're actually yeah. several
1: miles from it, so it takes several seconds for the sound to get to you, whereas you're watching it in real time.
2: If you if you get to sit in the press area, which is where they coincidentally happen to be walking away from, you're like, I think three or four miles. But if you're just like across the river, you know, and if, you know, find some spot to sit down and watch, you're close as about ten miles away. So it there's a significant difference yeah, between the light seconds. and the sound hitting you. So yeah, it's it 's pretty awesome,
0: speaking of contrails i I missed this earlier, and if it 's an inappropriate thing to bring up, then my bad but Trey, were you talking about a buddy that had actually watched Challengers contrail That's something my, like my that? dad
1: who I like to think of as a buddy uh, <laughs> my dad my dad has lived um Lived in Florida for for many years, and he he, he tells the story about how he he uh, was going to work one morning, and he got out of his car in a parking lot at work, and, and l- happened to look at the sky and saw the contrail of the shuttle, which you normally do you know, if you live in Florida. You always see the contrail of the shuttle after it's launched. And he just, he, but he saw the shape of it that it went up, and then it went into like a big ex- explosion shape, and then it didn't continue into the sky. And he walked, you know, he didn't he didn't know about it. He didn't know what had happened. He wasn't even you know, necessarily aware there'd been a shuttle launch, but he, he walked into the, into the building and said, turn on the TV because I think something just happened to the space shuttle. And, you know, sure enough. So he, he, knew, he knew just from looking at the trail, like, that's not what that's
2: supposed to look like. By strange happenstance, I actually managed to catch Columbia go up on its final mission because after living in Florida, I was going to school there at the time. Are
0: you about to cop to being guilty of getting sick of watching things go into space? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, 50 miles away because... Embry Riddle's campus is in Daytona, fifty miles north of uh, Kennedy. So you know it's it right in the best part of Florida. Florida. It is an aviation-based
1: college, so I guess yes. they, they get into that stuff a lot. I yes. would imagine.
2: So although you don't
0: get called a nerd <laughs> for watching <laughs> the space shuttle at Embry Riddle, it,
2: it was funny though because we I was in this class and our teacher for whatever reason because it was like yeah well we'll, we'll go through class early. God, that's such a cool look at that. Oh, oh really man, is. that's amazing. Oh, that Beautiful. humans did that. Yeah. Human. human and then the humans that. simulated it in a movie. And, yeah, we did it for fun. <laughs> yeah, but that actually happened minutes. in real life. That stuff happened. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, so it was some human factor psychology class. And our teacher, for whatever reason, just because she was kind of that good-natured kind of teacher, was like, <laughs> yeah, we'll get through class, and at the end we'll watch the launch on NASA TV on the projector up front. And some frat guys instantly saw their opportunity to just get out of class early. We're like, well, no, we want to go outside and actually watch it without any kind of real conviction to actually do that <laughs> but managed to convince this good natured teacher okay let's do it and so we'll end class and then i'll let you guys out early so it did and for whatever reason just that exchange made me excited again to see the shuttle launch uh uh-huh. to, to actually witness it so when class ended it ended like right at liftoff so i rushed outside whereas 20 minutes before i didn't give a shit at all but i rushed outside in time to, to see it go up and Little did I know I would not see it come back down, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people I was, saw it come back down, yeah, across the was, country. In an alternate kind of, version what, of the Apollo what, 13 what, script, zoom? that kind the, of creeped uh, me out. Actually, after the fact, I was like, "I weird." You I just watched yeah. people die, sort of so, yeah. go, go off to their death. Yeah,
1: yeah, because it's, the it's, damage occurred during liftoff. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're they're
0: never going to come back. So now you know they actually hyperinflate the tension of this moment because the truth is. Not only could Swagger have done it, all of them could have done this. All, yes, with <laughs> yeah. really no problem. I mean, it was part of the
1: mission. I mean, it wasn't like defusing a bomb or anything. This was what they had to do. And this they is kind of on one it. of the
0: critical
2: aspects. So they definitely trained this part a yeah. lot. Yeah, because well, it's true. If they, if they couldn't get this
1: done, then they were kind of screwed as far as the mission goes. And I
2: remember at least one... One, uh... one of the later missions, they did have uh, trouble. They couldn't um, They couldn't retract yeah, they couldn't... what they just did right here. They couldn't retract. They couldn't get the actual connections to lock. Yeah. So they almost had to abort because they couldn't... Uh, and I remember actually that was being max.
1: televised. There was the, the, that footage of just – it was actually the camera, the cockpit footage of, of you know just kind of smacking into that target over and over again and going, yeah. nope, that one
0: didn't do it, didn't get it. So how do they get into the uh, command module? Because there doesn't seem to be a, like a port at the bottom of it. And the, 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 the fattest part of that cone is facing the inside of the service module. This, how do they get into it? The, 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 it's, into the cone. The, they, there's a hatch in the cone.
2: Right, it's... But at you the know, bottom I, of it, I don't ever... No, on the, side. It's, it's the the side. the layout doesn't really make sense. It's, I know what you're saying, and to be honest, the, the layout has never really made sense based off of watching this movie, and I've never seen anything that straightened it in my head that well, I that, could lay out the geography. Well, the
1: hatch is on the side because the bottom of the thing is heat shield. There is no opening in the bottom right, of the Right, right, but they're
2: model. laying... They're, but they're underneath that. It looks like their backs are to the heat shield. It and is. And the console is in front of them. That's correct. And the correct. hatch would be on the other side of that. And
1: the hatches they're laying in a cone facing the tip of the cone. Right. And the hatch
2: is in the surface of the cone. So yeah, it works. But it based on the way they shoot things here, it, it's kind of confusing. Yeah.
1: It's it's it it was something that I was never really aware of I think at the time, but the fact that the service module, which is that the big the the cylinder, which is just aft. Um, you know, they, they don't go into that. They, <laughs> right. that's, that's where all the stuff is that gets them to the moon and back. Their air, their air supply, their fuel, etc. Because the command module is just is literally just a brick that you throw at the Earth at the end
0: and hope it doesn't burn <laughs> up.
1: That's all it does. Um, and they can, you know, all the all the workings are in that uh, are in the service module, which is behind the behind the cone. Which is obviously a critical story point for this, this movie, knowing that they, not only can they not get in there, they, don't even, they can't even see it. They can't, no, nowhere during the trip to the moon can they even turn around and look at what the hell's going on with that thing back there. There's, a, there's that one mirror they have, but it's not like they can reach out and adjust it.
2: Right, because at no point during the mission, and it's a big moment towards the end, but no point during the mission can they actually see, see
1: the damage. where the damage is. Yeah. And there's the actual pictures, which they simulate in this movie. was like when they finally detach from it and turn around and look at it, they go, whoa! <laughs>
0: well, that's a lot worse <laughs> than we thought. That was worse than we thought. Aside from a few pretty shots of stuff flo- you know, floating in zero-G, I guess we've got a moment here. So let's talk a bit about Thanksgiving with the Krances and, and the response, because you actually got to show that to all the friggin' guys. Okay, yeah. Well,
2: here's the thing. So we made a, we made a parody of this movie, because obviously this movie has had a big effect on all of our, our lives. And it just so happened that Fred Hayes... Bill Paxton's character in this movie gave shitty and grin. <laughs> Good timing. Bill Paxton. Thank you. Mm. Uh, came to Embry-Riddle right around the time we we're uh, editing it. So it wasn't done. It wasn't finished. There were still some shots we had to get and music and all that stuff and sound. Uh, but he came to Embry-Riddle to give a talk and I brought a copy. I wasn't sure if I was going to show it because it wasn't done, but you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. And b- before the talk, you know, there was a whole line of people to get their pictures and, you know, autographs or whatever. And so I decided, you know, what the hell? Here, I don't, I don't know if you like this or not. You'll probably throw it away, whatever. But if you, <laughs> here, take a look and if you like it.
1: Are you sure you want to work in the advertising industry?
2: <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not a good salesman. That, that much I know about Fair myself. Enough. But I was, you know, whatever. And um, so I guess a few weeks later, I don't, I don't know what the time period was, but I come home one day. I'm still living in Florida. I'm, I'm going to film school at this point. I'd already graduated in brittle I have an email... In my inbox from Gene Krantz saying, <laughs> Fred Hayes sent this to me. I thought Whoa. it was really funny. Good job, basically. <laughs> yeah. and
0: uh, what? That would be Ed Harris. for those yeah. Not yeah. The Ed Harris', Harris character. character.
2: And um, I was living with uh, my roommate, Travis, at the time, who now works at Kennedy. Uh, a very good friend of mine. And he was actually on a date and came home with his date and... I interrupted their dates. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And I said, "I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to interrupt your date, but I have to show you this, like right now." <laughs> wow! And um, showed it to him. So obviously, I emailed back to Gene Krantz uh, very effusively, and um, eventually we finished. We, we finished a what we called the Gene Kranz edition or something like that. <laughs> in time, we didn't get the music or the the music done in time. Uh, so we just used the temp track for music from the actual movie, but I sent that to him in time for Thanksgiving so he could watch it over Thanksgiving. And then when we finished the the final thing, I sent him a whole bunch of copies, which he ultimately sent one to Jim Lovell who then emailed him who he, and he emailed me and, uh, then sent along a couple of copies to, uh, Tom Hanks and Ron Howard, who I have never heard from. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, bit of an anticlimactic ending to that story. But, uh, But didn't it almost
0: almost end up on the space station, too?
2: Yes. And I'm still (laughs) working on that. Someday I'm going to make this happen. Wow. Uh, Our other friend, Anthony, who plays Jim Lovell in our movie, and also Walter Cronkite in our movie, uh, is now a space station mission controller in Houston. Oh, awesome. And so at one point, he sent me a text message or an email or something saying, is there any way we can get Thanksgiving down to, Thanksgiving with the is down to, I think it was like 100 megabytes. I was like, uh, I doubt it. it's a long movie and it's, it's really shitty resolution, so probably not. Why? Like, well, if we can get it down to that, we were thinking about beaming it up to the space station. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ryan rides his bike home real fast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I go,
1: okay. Must compress. Must compress. Well, I'll try.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could give it a shot. Not bad for so, making a parody of the most serious period of someone's Brian, life. Ryan, <laughs> we need your file that's this big to be this big Use nothing but that.
2: Oh, I tried. Oh, I tried. I cut like Did you a try third. Did
0: you try a sock and like an arm's length of duct tape and Great part, tape? Part,
2: and part of the DVD cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. All right. Good but deal.
2: Couldn't couldn't manage to get it down there just because it wasn't going to happen. Um Bummer. But still working on so it. So
0: Brian Fenwicker, the creator yeah. of both Thanksgiving with the Crances and the Injured Stormtrooper. Yes, indeed. Nice. Well played, sir. So. Renaissance man.
2: <laughs> Renaissance man. <laughs> and <laughs> It was such a such a lost opportunity because when this the guy who whoever had to give the introduction for Fred Hayes gave a really lousy introduction, and at the end he was his big thing was that he was played by Bill Paxton, which we're like, <laughs> come on, guy, that's not really the highlight Good. of this man's career, this man's life.
1: So here we are, just uh, jump, jump back in the movie just for this sequence, which is pretty pretty well darned done, I would have to say. The, the actual moment where. Wherever. They have a
2: problem. Right. The shit hits
0: the and, space. And, you know, man. you yeah. see emulations of this shot or sequence. I don't know if there was ones before this, or I just I don't know of them, where you see like the inner workings and you do a quick flyby of the whole and Yeah, They actually did that for real here. Look at this. Look how shaky and... Yeah, actually, yeah there's no... C, this, is this is not
2: like a CSI or kind of a thing. And
0: I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I feel like it works. I feel like that works, but the shot kind of climbing the pipes. Well, it's all we had in 95. So well, I know, yeah. but, I, you know, I, I, why keep it? Like, the shot of it blowing that, the tank was really that cool. That still terrifies me, that shot where
2: you see the, the tunnel. Yeah, it's, it's, one of the few, it's one of the
1: few times when we, when we and I, I, would, I think it's because they, they felt for clarity they needed to add it, because the rest of the movie takes place from the guy's perspective. We don't see anything they don't see. That's the one time that the camera goes God's eye and goes omniscient. And I think it's just because if they just left, the, left it without that, where... Where Kevin Bacon throws a switch and then everyone starts shaking around, the audience going to what what,
0: what what happened? Yeah. What's the
1: deal? So I think we just need to say, There wasn't, it was a visual thing to say, Something exploded. Okay, back to the story.
0: Works for me. Now, I guess master alarms, though, they always turn up being. It sounds worse than it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, they're always used in movies as like, Shit! Yeah. But a master alarm is simply a something
2: happening. Something happens, and sometimes it's a big deal, and sometimes it's not. right. Like, yeah, it's, the it same. It's, the same. it's the same. It's the
0: same as if you get an idiot light, where if your coolant is kind of low, and if your wheels fall off,
2: yeah, yeah. it's like a check it's engine like, light. Yeah, you could need yeah. a little bit more oil, or you, or could it could have be on no fire. Yeah, light. exactly. Okay.
0: Your, your we'll car be, might have been cut in half by something.
1: It makes sense when you're in a tiny little you know capsule that's nothing but blinky lights that there should be one big blink light that goes. One of the other little lights is blinking. You <laughs> should look at
0: it. Yeah.
1: As opposed to trying to find the the blinky one, that... keep an eye out
0: for the blinkies. Exactly.
1: So this is this is a. This, I always thought this sequence is especially interesting because, you know, the guys at Mission Control they don't have any kind of game plan for this because they just couldn't. They didn't foresee anything like this happening. It's four so things this, going wrong at once. This scene mm-hmm. of them trying to grip with this can't.
0: This, th- can't, this, this can't be, be happening
1: because there's no way this could happen. You know, it just shows that there's doesn't matter. There's always a thing that you're gonna you're not gonna foresee, and then Apollo 13 did it. Apollo Thirteen showed that uh, you know because they. I don't think any of their scenarios called for an explosion and fire in the service module, you know, in the oxygen tanks. That's that's. I don't, yeah, I
2: mean, their, their thinking was always: well, if this one thing, if this one system goes wrong, then th- this is how we deal with it. It was never if yeah. half the spaceship blows up. Yeah. How do we the, deal with if, everything? that goes If the, if goes the with tank it?
1: blows and then blows out all the other systems with it, then right. wait, the, we didn't really think about that. We have a we have a no power. Fall back, we have a low oxygen fallback we we don't have like a fallback for everything going at once
0: a and c our barber pole i like that
1: <laughs> barber pole yeah it, you know i get it you got to give them tremendous credit I, I always give credit for for movies here's the fateful moment we're venting something into space which is where everyone realizes oh this is serious oh we're so fucked but you know it, it's you would think that a movie about apollo 13 or the apollo program you know would be factually correct and have its great but they don't always do it correctly i mean there's a lot of science on on you know in television and movies and and even trying to recreate Pushbull, real stuff a lot of bad astronomy yeah a lot of bad astronomy who and and they you know i sometimes i like to i like to I give I give filmmakers the benefit of the doubt and say that, well, they just, you know, they think that the audience won't be interested or can't handle that much. But the more I deal with people in the industry in science fiction, the more I think that, no, the people making it don't get any of that stuff. Right. And they just and they just simplify it so that they understand
2: it. Like, so we launched the rocket and now we're going to the moon. Yay! And, now, we you know, need gravity so we'll spin the space station and, and then we'll have a ladder rotate, for some reason and,
1: but then yeah so it's it's you know a movie like a, a movie like this which at least has real world stuff to kind of go well what do the capsule actually look like let's build one of those
2: yeah um, what did you guys actually say yeah okay just say that but
1: uh, you know but the actors clearly have have obviously d- drilled and they 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 you can tell that they they can get the, the dialogue out enough that it feels like they know what they're saying. You know, it's right. it's not just they've memorized it. Uh, maybe they have memorized it, but some. Have you ever heard actors do dialogue where they've memorized something technical and you just know they don't know what they're, they're like a yeah. parrot. <laughs> they're like they learned it phonetically, like it's a foreign
0: language. They were talking about how they had an advisor from Apollo fifteen that came in and he said that they uh, trained. He was he was impressed with them because even before he got there and was able to do any you know consulting on what they were doing right or wrong, that all the actors had trained and studied to the point where that they were saying all the words right and knew what all the words meant. So he made, he made a comment, not on like what you were just saying, where he's like, I got there and I was talking about like where their microphones would be and stuff like that. Like they had, they know what they were talking about. Yeah. I think it, and I,
1: to me, I always, and I think I've, we've talked about this in other commentaries. To me, it brings, it just brings so much more because it's, it, there's a feeling of, wow, this is a, this is a world. This is a real world. Right. And I, and I know, I know because it seems to make sense and yet I don't recognize it.
2: There are details. <laughs> yeah. so there are obviously details. I might not see all of them, but. I mean, there's definitely a lot of thought that's been put into that. Exactly. And I, and I think I I always I
1: like to give the audience more of a benefit of the doubt. If you do your own homework when you're making a movie, you know, it's okay. The audience is gonna not going to walk out of the theater because they don't know what main bus B undervolt
2: actually means.
1: Right. You know, they're going to be okay. They're going to be they're, – they're along if for the, the actor, ride.
2: If the actor knows what he's saying and knows what he's doing in that moment, then he will convey it appropriately. And the the audience will get what you need them to get from it. Yeah, This is a – If we actually want to talk about filmmaking, (laughs) I think we should. I think we should. I think this movie is a really great example of the the as you know problem in movies, where a lot of the times, if you have two characters who both know the same information, but the you still need the audience to know it. One character will have to say, "As you know, this, this, and this, and this," and this this entire movie is just as you know this, this, A, B, and C. And this movie manages to pull off not only an entire movie of that, but an entire movie of real world that you yeah. can't even just make it up it has to follow what actually happened yeah. and they, you know, they do it they story. do it pretty artfully for the most part and they do they do a tr- fantastic job of conveying the right information to the audience and there are still some moments where it's like why would that guy say that to <laughs> the other would, guy they both know that there's no need to tell me that Yeah, I work here too but yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes but you, know, you do have to it's make a some really, it's a really great job given how much of that there has to be in this movie and it's done a lot better than movies with a lot less of that Really, As you know, since we're both doctors, as you know... I mean, well, right here, shutting down the fuel cells, you realize that means that we're not going to land on the moon, right? He mm. goes, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> you still need to do it.
1: But I, 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 I have no problem believing that that actually happened in real life.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, so that's, that's, that's a different thing. That, it's moment, like, that moment is justified. Jim Lovell's like, I don't Exactly. He's like, yeah. yeah.
1: It's also like, you realize that this is a $6 billion nothing that we're going to be doing now. It's right. like, you know, we're not going to go to the moon.
2: Oh, we just missed Gene Kranz's, Ed Harris's little face-crunchy thing. The little those, those are those little details that stick out. That Those are always the details that end up getting parodied. Because that's... Like, <laughs> the little little fade where he pinches his, pinches pinches his thing, like yeah. bridge of his the nose. Way that,
0: that, that the way that Wayne Knight squeals in Jurassic exactly. Park. Exactly.
2: It's one of those... He <laughs> <laughs> <little> opens <laughs> up <laughs> the
0: can of Barber's and I was like... <laughs> 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 it's like, what a weird little thing that everyone can do. Remember that? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> But he says... uh. I don't think we've mentioned it yet. The, he says
1: we just lost the moon. Uh, Lovell's Levels' own book about this is based on. It's called Lost Moon, and he rewrote a book about uh, you know this whole experience from his point of view, which is uh, pretty fascinating stuff. Not to
0: be you know not surprisingly, there was a lot more of this than there's than they show in the movie. There is there, it's it's true. They it's did this like, for four days. If they, they did this yeah. for a week. If, a week if, if you if you read Lost Moon, there were like ten other crises
1: that they had to deal with along the way. That you know just too many for a movie. Um, as, as I think the filmmakers have said, it's like it, we felt like we might have had too many, you know, cliffhanger. Oh my God, what are they going to do now? Moments for people to believe it. And this is, the real story is there were ten other things that could have easily killed them all that they had to deal with on the way back.
0: See, that's what that's one of those things where he wouldn't have asked how long it takes to power up the limb because he's done that probably a thousand times. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How long would you say, Jim? Well, I just asked you. Well, yeah, but you asked for no reason.
1: Well, there, one of the reasons that. The, the the as you know problem isn't necessarily that prevalent in this is because everyone has a specialty you know uh, Hayes is the Hayes is the lunar module pilot it's, you know and, and uh, Swigert is the is the command module pilot they don't necessarily know everything about the other guy's ship or the job and all these guys here obviously yeah. Yeah. are very very compartmentalized in what their area of expertise is so you know they that's why they're having these arguments about uh, well wait if you do this then what about that
2: right if you do your thing then what about my thing yeah. and you may need power, but I need power more. So go to hell. <laughs>
0: God, I love power more. Power so more. Yeah. So, so go to hell. Nothing. Okay. Okay.
1: I believe it was in uh, lost moon. I, I think it's been a while since I read it, but, uh, uh, the, the first thing that Lovell talks about in lost moon is, is, uh, that the, he keeps, he's always heard that there's this rumor that NASA issued suicide pills to the astronauts in case something like this should go wrong. And he said, it's, it's total bullshit. <laughs> it was never, you know, we we don't actually plan for what to do in case we're irreversibly irre- irre- screwed. That's not the that's not the mindset that we have. It's no, no. Let's let's try and make everything go okay. Um, and he said. He said uh, in an idle moment, you know, while he had nothing but, you know, four days to sit around and think about dying slowly and painfully in a can in the middle of nowhere, he started thinking, you know, the suicide pill might not have been such
0: a bad idea. <laughs> That's why Ron Howard made this and not Bob Zemeckis. Yeah, I can kind of see. Because Bob that.
1: Zemeckis would have given them
0: the suicide pill. Yeah, I can kind of see. I, I, I wouldn't mind having one just in case. Like in contact. They'd actually have like a nice little carrying case for it and everything. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, it's like floating in there. It's like, well, wow, you, know, Japan- you guys put a lot of time in it. The you, Japanese, you, you know. guys got a whole like department of guys just trying to come up with can cool me, ways to hold me. The a Japanese, pill? a
1: Japanese suicide kit for astronauts would be the most awesome piece of technology ever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that would be the best. Considering their their ritual be, fondness for suicide in general, it plus it would be, their it amazing would be technology, a, a
0: sword stab and a pill.
2: It's probably like a thing. tiny little sword,
1: like yeah. a parasol sword. But it, but it, it probably would be something that you know you didn't have to like. Lose your nerve or anything. You just open it and it kills you instantly. Just the act of opening it to go. I wonder what's in. Bang! It's done already. It's killed you. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we enjoy give a good service to kill you for for not thinking.
0: Jesus, gimbal lock sucks. Gimbal I know Bri- Brian's got experience with that from an aeronautical and engineering standpoint. I have experience with that from animating. Gimbal lock sucks. Yeah because a okay. lot of the, a lot of the rigs that you'll put together in CG utilize the same basic navigation or you know control system that you would have on an airplane because it's you know, it's similar in nature. You're orienting something in 3D space, and the way you do that is by having an axis that's on the horizontal, and then the vertical, and then the other vertical. It's called uh, let's see, heading, pitch, and bank, or I think you call you call you, you call you call heading yaw yeah. uh, in in aeronautics. But heading, pitch, and bank. And what gimbal lock is is where you can actually rotate. Say, if you think of pitch as the one that's vertical and going straight forward, so you can tilt down or up as you're going forward. If you tilt. Ninety degrees down. What you end up doing is lining up two it's axes. Roll. Sorry. Yeah. In any case, you end up lining up two axes so that they're in the exact same place. So that you lose control of one whole axis because they're in the exact same. They're, they're both oriented in such a way that you can't undo what you've just done. It's like a Rubik's cube. You, you've made it too complicated to undo. That's called gimbal lock, where you kind of you've lost the ability to move on one whole axis until you un, like basically work your way backwards out of it. And in a situation where you you know haven't slept in four days and you're freezing your ass off and fucking Swigert keeps farting and you have to clap because he peed in your tube and you're talking about physical gimbals yeah. somewhere in the actual spacecraft gimbals, so, actual
2: yeah. gimbals that if they do that the gimbals themselves they will lock. lock together they yeah.
0: really lock it's it's a horror f- I mean everything about this is terrifying like you know this movie and the abyss are two different pictures of the exact same thing that scares the fuck out of me <laughs> yeah
1: the, the yeah, there's a there's an interesting uh, Theory about, um, and I, of all places, I read it in a book about uh, an, an expedition about a hundred years ago that uh, was frozen in the Arctic, um, maybe more than a hundred years ago, where everyone seemed on this. It was an expedition that was like we're going to go deeper and farther into the Arctic than ever before, and we're going to use this new technology called canned food, and <laughs> um, and it was you know that was that was the secret. It's like we we have food that won't go bad, and and we have to you know and we're going to keep it, and and the expedition didn't completely disappear and die, but they did lose guys on the way. Um, and they went and, and they buried them on some island on the way up there. And then they exhumed the bodies about a couple of years ago to find out like, well, what killed these guys? Um, and when they found out what killed them was lead poisoning because the early canned goods were, were cans that were sealed with lead solder. So dope. yeah. dope. So, um, and, and the, the author of the book went on to, to extrapolate this rather interesting theory that, uh, you know, when, when you're, when you're exploring, generally, and when you're exploring, and it's a technology that basically this has to work or nothing or, you know, you're, you have no backup. It's like when you fire a rocket, the rocket either gets you to orbit or kills you. I right. mean, that's it. There's no like, well, maybe we'll, you know, glide back in. I mean, they have that, you know, release safety thing, but, you know, the emergency. The escape tower. The escape tower, but they've never used one. Uh, um, the Russians
2: have. The Russian well, that's true. They have really
1: you, rid- but the you know, like like the, like the space shuttle Columbia. It's like when they, you know, the when the space shuttle is up, if it's damaged, it has two choices: come down and burn up, or don't come down. That's it. There's there's no, you know, there's you could yeah. Once I, it's in
2: orbit, but you know. during launch, uh, if one of the engines no, but, I'm, but
1: but I'm saying is again. Columbia's got no backup Columbia's got no backup it either is going to survive the reentry or it's not With going to survive shield. the right, reentry right. the heat shield either right. works and everybody's happy and smiling and on Conan the next night or everyone's <laughs> right. all over Texas the next night um, and it was the it just says that when, when there is a theor- when you have a, an exploration that is based on one piece of technology that has no backup and the whole thing is predicated on that you're going to have spectacular disasters that's just the just just get used to it um, and that's why you know we have of spectacular disasters in the space program, just like you have spectacular disasters in the first round-the-world expeditions. Yeah. That
2: you know, just we, early it, aviation. Yeah, early Whatever, it's whatever just, it, pioneer you want to talk about, it's
1: just part of you know. Risk is what a starship's all about. It's just how it <laughs> is. is part of What's interesting
0: to me is that we separate the space, you know, you know, going to the moon from early aviation by calling one early aviation, but they're only sixty years yeah, apart. They're not that yeah. far
1: apart. The Wright brothers and and Apollo thirteen are, are
0: people. People we're alive that we're like, holy shit, we flew and holy shit, we yeah. flew to the moon. Lindbergh met with the Apollo
2: 8 astronauts yeah. before they left. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: there the, you go.
1: The, 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 p- People who lived through the last century, the 20th century, I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I mean, who knows? You guys, who knows where this century is going to go? I mean, you'll we'll all be cyborgs by, by 2100. But
0: uh, I already am.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, you you, know, you we don't count.
2: The old one but, knows too much.
1: Yes. Kill him. <laughs> Kill him. Kill him now. <laughs> he still has biological parts. They must be removed. Um, you know, from 1900 to 2000 or even any, any pick a fragment within that. I mean, you're going from like horse and buggy. You know, America not even extending all the way to the West Coast, you know, to man on the moon and beyond and genetic engineering and, you know, internet and fax machines and liquid prel. I mean, come on. It's 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 an amazing century to have survived. And there are people who saw it all happen. So talk to your elders. <laughs> Go visit grandma in the rest you home. You
0: are there.
1: She's seen some serious shit. Get those stories out of her. It's pretty
0: fantastic. So how come, And you know, they, they're... Going out to stir Mattingly and all this stuff, but how come they always have um, pilots as Capcom? Capcom are the guys that are talking, like this guy with the with the turtleneck, and later it'll be Mattingly.
2: Right. It, it. There's a specific story that I don't remember involved earlier in the program before Apollo, but basically it comes down to if you have to give the astronauts bad news or whatever, they
0: they don't want to hear it from someone else. They want, want to hear it from one they of they want to hear it
2: from one of their own. And if you're if you're training, obviously all these astronaut guys trained together, so they they knew each other it was very much a brotherhood, so that they, they all knew each other more than than they knew the engineers in Mission Control per se, so it was very much kind of like, well, they have a close bond, so we'll make sure that they're uh, they're involved with each other they'll be able to read the, the other person's tone of voice, they'll be able to you know communicate more freely, all that kind of thing. <laughs>
0: You're on your way to Mars. We, uh, <laughs> frankly, we're confused. <laughs> there's good news and bad news. <laughs> you overshoot. We have yours. only one guy who can add, and he's up there with you. <laughs> Did you guys bring a slide rule? Because we forgot ours. I like this touch. I wonder why they added this. Do you think it was just? I mean, there's there, well, there's a, there's there's that, uh, and there's the scene
1: earlier where the Corvette doesn't start. I think it's just a little yeah, touch. Like, like again, it's like technology yeah. can fail you, and that's, that's how we get you. here. That's how we get here. You know, you, we take it for granted, and there's the time it doesn't work.
0: The only thing that, that works in the movie is that coffee mug that he points to.
1: Yeah, <laughs> It'd be go- funny, it's like, I'm go- not to go- run that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 he points to it and it explodes. Oh,
0: God. Technology sucks. <laughs> we can't trust anything. Even in the past, nothing works. <laughs> I love the really obstinate arguments that some of these guys levy. It's like, you guys are engineers at NASA. Yeah. You are literally rocket scientists, and some of them are having these really inane like conversations that tributary out for about a minute and then they end with some amazingly obvious conclusion. Well they they do touch on As
1: they do touch on one thing and it's again it's they go into more of it in From the Earth to the Moon and the Spider episode and so on, is like these guys don't all work for NASA. Like one of these guys is the guy from Grumman, which is the contractor that built the Lem. and there is, you know, even in the midst of this, there's still a little ass covering going on and a little sort of like, well, we can't really guarantee that this is gonna work. You know, these in the real life, these people hadn't seen how the movie ends. You know, they, they could be, you know, they, they, they talk about it in this. And in they're all movie. thinking about the
2: congressional investigation. Yeah, they're of, all waiting like, have I done
1: anything that's going to put me in prison for killing three astronauts? And everyone's, everyone's like, there's a 50 50 between, okay, we got to get these guys back to, I got to get my attorney on the phone right now because this is going to be, this, is gonna, this could go very
2: badly. Ed Harris is pissed at you. you, Don't get Ed Harris mad, people. How many times do I have to say this? He he, is, he When
0: Ed Harris asks if you are a
1: god, yeah. you say, no, Mr. Harris, you are. When Ed Harris gets pissed, God will give you back astronauts from space. Like, <laughs> here, here they are. Here, here you go. Here you go. Jeez.
2: Jeez, uh, I just wanted to see Look, what would happen.
0: Tell Ed I, I was kidding, okay? Just tell Ed I was joking around, all right? I wasn't going to do anything. And I guess they talk about this, how a lot of, like when Ed Harris was studying Gene Kranz, he was talking about how a lot of the guys thought he was corny. I thought he was sort of like, like an you know, old stalwart kind of guy. Like, yeah. you know, blowhard, flight director guy. He's kind of old, you know, old school. And then when this kind of thing happened, it's like, oh, we like old school. Old school good. <laughs> we well, follow he, you. Yeah. Gene
2: Kranz literally wrote the book on, on mission control procedures. Yeah. So, I mean, he came he on. He also had very scrunchy
0: eyes. I'm missing contact problems or something. <laughs> he just has yes, well, he had that. Well, head he headaches. spends a lot of time with his thumb in his eyeball. Brian's doing it now. You can't tell. Yeah. It was funny, though. You yeah. guys yeah, should be here. This, uh, anyway. It, the, so that I guess I'm, I'm gonna be the
1: one to bring it up I'm gonna go there I'm gonna go there Do it, and so here we go where I'm, are you going? I'm, I'm doing it I'm doing it you guys you guys can stay on board or you can let me solo this one if you don't want to be part of this because I'm I'm, I'm teaching the controversy by God oh, but right, um, here we go but the, <laughs> but the you know the this movie is great because it underscores like that this is and we this is an entire world of people who, you know, this is their world. This they they spend years learning every aspect of this world and an awful lot of palpable people. Yeah, so thousands and thousands and thousands of people and corporations like you know, Grumman builds the Spider, builds the you know the the Spider was the nickname of of the Lander, the Lander, the, Lander, the Lem. Um, you know, another company, um, uh, Rockwell, McDonald McDonald's built the builds the command module and they have to make it. And then there's the guys North who are American, tracking it. And there's you know, the guys around the world who I have it. to, you know, there's it's just a lot of people. There's a lot Lots and lots and lots of people doing extremely highly technical stuff to make this all function, you know, and and people who who have an understanding of this stuff that that most of us will never have that kind of depth of, of understanding. And that's why anyone with a YouTube account who wants to say we didn't go to the moon, kill yourself right now. Would you please kill yourself right now? If you don't think we went to the moon, you're an ignorant douchebag and I'd
0: like you. To kill yourself, please, as a favor to me. I'm with you. Thanks. Completely. It's just, I mean, you know, the point he was getting at is that that's way too many people to have all be like denying something. Is it, all, my, and all, my parallel
1: point was you're looking at stuff you know nothing about and saying, I don't get it. And that's because you're ignorant. Get an engineering <laughs> degree. Get like, spend spend a decade at McDonald Douglas. Yeah,
2: I would I would love any moon conspiracy theorist to actually get an engineering degree. Yeah, and, and then it we'll, it
1: we'll talk. Just like creationists can, you know, get a Ph.D. in biology and then tell me evolution has problems. You know, that's fine. The uh, there, there was a I I actually saw a, uh, I actually saw a, uh, a a guy lecture on moon hoax, um, and one of the things that he pointed out, and again, it's like, dude, this information is like. Freely available. You you can't walk out of your house without stumbling over this information. How is it that you're not picking up on this? His thing was, um, look at this footage from inside the capsule. Clearly, someone left their finger on the record button, and it wasn't supposed oh, I've to. I've seen that one. You see that one? Yeah. You know, it's like well, then you see the you see the video cameras here that they use in the broadcast, which the video cameras they have at the time. There is no record button. Yeah. There's no tape. There's no footage. The, the, they're they're broadcasting a live signal back down to Mission Control. It's all being recorded on the ground. It's all being recorded by dozens of tracking stations and ham radio operators and enthusiasts live around the world all at the same time. You know, this idea that the government can control this kind of information, that's because you don't know how any of this stuff works. You have no clue. That's how you can have a theory. It's the argument from ignorance. I don't get it, therefore it's not true. Screw you. Kill yourself. Thank you. We're trying to improve the breed here. We went to the moon. What did you do? You opened a YouTube account. That's good. Go lie down. Okay, that was my rant. Unless you want to jump in. <laughs> that was nice. I, s- I know. I
2: was a fan of just listening to
1: that. I'm sick of those people. I'm sick of all those people. I actually people. went back into the kitchen and got a rocket pop. Birth certificate douchebags, there's 9-11 there's truthers, creationists, you're ignorant, and you're holding us back. Stop talking. I'm serious. I'm serious. Please, use our comments section. We should start to
0: use this podcast as a pulpit for things you want to say.
1: I'm going to die soon. I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. I'm getting old, and I'm, you know, I've lived through most of that century I was just talking about.
0: Just hold out. We're going to have the biological, uh, you know. The...
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, have to be, I don't have to be polite anymore to douchebags. I'm sorry. We went to the moon. It was awesome. I'm sorry you didn't think we went there. But Boom. it was cool. It was really cool that we did that. We're the best animals on the planet.
0: Anyway, I just can't even believe the amount of work that goes into a movie like this. It the is next it, work. we done by digital domain, which is Stan Winston and Jim Cameron's company and another guy. A third guy. I always forget the third guy.
2: <laughs> the third guy.
0: Who's yes. the third guy?
2: Um, uh, Michael Collins. Michael, Michael Collins. <laughs> no. He's got jokes. No. The third guy. Yeah, there you go. In any case, I mean, every well, single... Oh. a very awkward turn by Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah, there. pretending to be zero gravity, but it's not like... Not
0: really, he's on his... What are your account. intentions? He's on his you know, teeter-totter. We're probably going to die, and there's a down. couple things I wanted to do with a couple dudes that I haven't had a chance to, and frankly, if this is it, <laughs> unzip. You are our lucky winners. <laughs> Where's that frozen hot dog? Just make sure we're not on Vox. <laughs> are we on Vox?
1: <laughs> Gentlemen, what are your intentions? Yeah. It's been a hell of a ride down here. Uh.
2: Well, they, they do, in fact... Um, shall we say, equip astronauts. What? At least these days.
0: What now? They what? Do. They have vagina in the cans in the space station? <laughs> no, no. I mean... That's better than a suicide pill. <laughs> yeah. But they're both made <laughs> they, in Japan. Sp- spit it out, man. They equip
1: them with what? As you <laughs> suck on a popsicle. I don't,
2: I'm getting a mixed message here.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's sucking on a rocket bob and talking about something. I'm not sure.
2: Go on. I don't know if I'm... Uh, yeah, they give them... uh Vagina can? No, uh, prophylactics. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, why not the vanity?
0: Why not build it into the wall <laughs> so you can they can okay. do that too? Why? I don't know. Why well, not? Now in, I'm curious. They, they should install that in the wall
1: so they can just fuck the shit out of the Velcro. They give like they give like like guys in the ISS. The guys that are going to be up there for like eight months. They give them. That's all
2: right. All right. Welcome to the new world, man. You never know. You know, Things people having sex in space. space. NASA has never officially ever. I mean, they're asked that question all the time, and they go, "We're not talking we about we don't. It. We're, we're not an um, but we're NASA, they, but there's yeah, no
1: thirteen. But get a couple of drinks in this, and we'll tell you some stories, and maybe even show you some tapes. But they, haven't there been
2: like couples or like there has been a married couple in space on the same? So mission. yes. <laughs> so well, yeah. well, yeah. If if you're an insane person, of course they have. Um, <laughs> on this, well, the the question for me though is I mean because the married couple was a space shuttle mission, so maybe not. They were married. Well, yeah. Well, they're, they're uh, married
1: with, like, five other crew members in, in a you know a in, closet. Yeah, yeah, in the size of a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's
2: like, that's the living space of the shuttle. So, so those are into that sort of thing. But I everybody- don't know if you can cram fly- five people on the flight deck, but... <laughs> yeah, everybody's got to be into that sort of thing for that to, that to
0: happen. So I guess it actually is kind of a legitimate question.
2: Whether it has or hasn't happened. Right. Although the other thing is that, I mean, the Russians have had, like, ten space stations... And they've, sent, they, they've they've had female cosmonauts. They, yeah, they've sent they've sent coed. Yeah,
1: they've co-ed had coed
0: though.
1: crews crews. And uh, I'm sure they have. They probably it was probably part of their mission parameters. Like you, will have six. Probably. you will well, have I've probably well out Russian if we can space continue. station
0: space station for Russian you.
2: space station. I would imagine that the Bunch female cosmonauts probably didn't have much of a say. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and uh, make that supposition.
0: That was okay. That was cool. Oh, good. You're not that, dead. Neither one. Neither one had them. I never understood so, the notion of unplugging your phone. That does it, in this day
1: and age. Doesn't that sound like the most radical concept? Well, you in the know, world?
0: but even no, but I mean, obviously, in the seventies, whatever. But if you're, if your phone rings and that means someone at NASA wants you to come <laughs> over, I feel like you've obligated yourself to. I'm not going to unplug that phone when I go to sleep. Yeah, just in case you know, when they stir the tank, something explodes. Yeah, but that's like a quadruple failure.
2: That can't happen. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it, right. in in this character's defense, whether or not he ever unplugged his phone in real life, but uh, you know, he he's not on the mission. They've made it to orbit, and he's got no involvement. There's no job he has. You know, he said, I'd go home and sleep it off too, and go ah, screw you, people. Ah, the lamb, the beautiful thing.
0: It you know who? You to, know who? His uh, idea, lunar orbit rendezvous was. Alan Ruck.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's, that's right. Cameron Ferris Bueller. In, it's also
0: worth mentioning in case you don't. Care in about from space, the Earth to the Moon, the series. Yeah, there's like a bazillion awesome little cameos. That's
1: true. Every have, Everybody, everybody's ever, in that thing because it's twelve episodes thing. long or however long it is.
0: Fourteen year old Josh Molina is in that movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like Kevin Pollock as one of Kevin the, uh, is good Pollack. main main designers of the stuff.
0: Anyway, space movie.
1: Now, now, some of this was was must have been shot on real. I mean, we know they location. shot at the real VAB. Do we know about anything they, else? Is, con- well, is Mission Control I, a set? Mission Control, I would guess, would have to, be, is a a of the have real to be a set. Have to be a set.
2: So realistic that I mean, they talk about it in the behind the scenes that uh, some of the consultants that worked on the Apollo program, the astronauts and mission controllers, would walk off the set at the end of the day and forget that there wasn't an elevator because the Mission <laughs> Control. Don't. Mission Control in real life is on the third floor, I think, of Johnson Space Center, whereas this was on a soundstage. But, having been to the real Mission Control Center in Houston, I can say it's an excellent facsimile. I just wanted to
0: drop that. Didn't they actually have, like, actual... Logbooks and binders and stuff like with the real stats and stuff inside of them. I don't know about a prop
2: I know that's a behind the scenes thing for From the Earth to the Moon, where they literally had the binders from the program. So, uh, so it wasn't they, a prop. A, it
0: wasn't like a. It wasn't like a you know a, a stack of leaf blank paper. It, it wasn't was, from some. You open it up and there's a coffee stained schematic in there somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you could literally flip through this entire thing, and the entire thing was the actual manual. It
0: seems like a security breach to me. I don't know.
2: Well, it's not <laughs> classified. You know, how to build a rocket. How to build a Saturn V. Yeah, because you're worried about, you know, some uh some right wing terrorist building a Saturn V in
0: their desert <laughs> shack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's hope they don't do that. Hey, I built a Saturn V in my living room. <laughs> let's see you take it to the moon. We could throw it pretty far. It got dinged pretty hard, so the top little tower there is kinda of watching over. But you know, I could I could hammer that out. We could probably get it a good ten or fifteen feet up. I I still say we should just cram a whole bunch of the biggest
2: model rocket engines that we can find at the back of that thing blast yeah, it off see what That'll the that would be like the happens. video of the
1: X-Wing <laughs> it would, that's exactly what it would be like it would, it would probably go up and end over end but as long as those rockets are
0: firing it's going to be doing something <laughs> it will be doing something <laughs> something will be happening I love this oh it's so cool I it's, mean obviously it sucks but <laughs> now, I want to know what that little blue suit was because that's like a, it looks like a I mean, it's obviously a pressure suit, but it doesn't look anything like any of the other suits that you've seen. Yeah, it's not an EVA
1: suit and it's not a launch suit, so what is it?
0: Might
2: be an undersuit. I don't know. I guess it could be. It could be like the underlayer.
1: It's it's
0: basically an astronaut equivalent of a slip. (laughs) Yes, it's astronaut long johns. Because you don't want your astronaut nipples poking through your spacesuit. That's embarrassing on television. Once you're an astronaut, everything you have becomes modified with astronaut or space. (laughs) Your nipples are now either astronaut or space nipples? Space nipples. Space nipples. So you had a little uh, space protrusion and space nipples just
1: there, and uh, you got a little astronaut chill going. I'm
0: sorry, guys. I have to take a space piss.
1: (laughs) Well, that's from the Firefly commentary. Space Um, pee. I'm taking a space pee. A spee, as we like to call it. So let's talk for a minute about Ron Howard, director. Cinderella Man, Beautiful Mine, what was it? Far and away. Far and away. Now now we're in the And pants obviously down. a couple of Da Vinci codes. A couple of a couple of those Da Vinci codes that the kids like so much. Um, did
2: Angels, Angels and Demons came out already, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. I totally missed that. It one. was a
1: huge phenomenon worldwide, which none of us paid a slice yes, right. of. You, of you and McGregor too. did it. I think you have, oh, okay. you have to be Catholic. Um, so, when, but but strangely, most of the planet seems to be. So there you go. It just it just the wave passed over our heads. And we I, I, it. I
0: haven't seen a beautiful mind in a while. I remember liking it. So I you know and Cinderella Man. My opinion walking in Cinderella Man was that Ron Howard was making the same movie over and over again with in different story and characters and plot. Like every single movie Ron Howard does is touchy and amazing. But I, I had the very distinct vibe of being ripped off because it seemed the exact same as every other movie he'd done. Despite the fact that it was in no way. Resembled any of those movies? <laughs> Ron Howard just wow. keeps making these perfect uh, schmaltzy, sentimental movies about does, different things.
1: He does seem to be unashamedly sentimental about yes. things, which is you know that's all right. You know, not everyone has to be cynical, ironic bastards like like me. Um, you know, I, I usually I find when he does schmaltz, sometimes he does it better than than some other directors do. Maybe sometimes better than Spielberg. I, I find sometimes I find well, what's
0: what's Spielberg at his schmaltziest. What do we got? Uh,
1: well. well E.T. E.T. Okay, and what's e. and what's
0: Ron uh, Howard at a small chest?
1: Probably far and away, which is not high on my list of of beloved Cinderella Man certainly has that vibe to it. Yeah,
0: and that was the one I walked out of like, ugh. Yeah, this this
1: one does. I wanted to but go and eat like this some one does, salty but at least chips. at out! It's got the hook of being a real story, so we can't like you know go too far off off the beaten track. But um, but the yeah, you know, I like I think in general he's he's always a very solid director. I don't necessarily love his choice of material all the time. Um, you know, Backdraft has got some. Spectacular moments in it, um, not necessarily the greatest movie overall, but you know, back another excellent impressive. ride
0: movie. Yeah, Like we, Apollo Thirteen. Well, which the did, Apollo Thirteen they did ride make is that one rad. into a ride
1: though. Universal still has the backdraft attraction long after anyone remembers attraction. backdraft. Attraction
0: fits ride. I don't yeah. think fits
1: well because it's not a ride. It's ride. an attraction. It's, it's, but, it's, uh, you look at You don't, it you don't it. ride. You stand there. Eyebrows but, get all hot. Yeah, but uh, you know, he, this is a guy. You know, he he he's there aren't that many. Direct actors who made the transition from being a famous actor to being an established an A-list famous actor director, a list director. Yeah. director, exactly. We'll yeah. see what happens with the well, not know, if, Raff. I don't know if, Well, I don't know if yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say Ron Ron Howard was ever an a list actor. He was a very yeah. successful actor, but he wasn't like an Oscar winner. Um, you know, he was he had a huge beloved multi 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 multi, multi show.
0: You've got, television career. You've you know? got more directors that became a personality actor after the fact than the other way around. Yeah. I mean,
2: no, I Billy think, Bob Thornton. No, I think. Actor to director is more common than director to actor.
0: It is. It, 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 well,
1: director to actor is just is just when they do cameos. It's not like directors become working actors as their main thing. Now, Sidney right. Pollack would show up in your movie, but that right, doesn't right. mean he's like going to auditions every day. But um, Sidney Pollack also started out as an actor. He is yeah, exactly before he wasn't he wasn't was, was actor director, to start yeah. with. But um, you know the the high profile actors slash directors are you got Clint Eastwood, you got. Uh, um, Costner you've got uh, Gibson now, Duvall Mel Gibson Duvall's done small movies he hasn't done big Hollywood blockbusters um, he's done his own little vanity pieces that he you know he, he just focuses on um, and uh, you know Robert Redford has directed all of you know what four features since he got into that 20 years ago um, huh. I mean there yeah, are, I guess you're right you know Robert Redford like his first movie that he directed won the Oscar and he kind of went well I got nothing left to prove now there you go I was already Robert Redford, and now well, I like that's what I said. win an Oscar it's my like first time out of the kill gate. Like a shot
0: in one shot in the video game, and you don't even know if you want to play exactly, anymore. You're like, you know, well, you, you clearly know that I'm better than you. You all. beat
1: someone at chess the first time you ever play them. Don't ever play them again. Keep the mystery alive. So, <laughs> which which happened to me one time. These guys would always <laughs> these guys in my in my house where I lived. would always play chess, and every day I'd walk by, and they go, "You want to play?" I go, "No, thanks." And months this would go by, and finally, I was like, one day I was bored, and I was like, "All right," and I go. Fine, you can beat my beat my ass in chess. That's fine. I sat down and I just happened to like I smoked the guy, and I was like, "Thanks." And I got up and uh, then I never played him again because you keep the mystique. I I every up, time uh, I walk by, like goes, like a Mr. You want, thing? Yeah. Every time, every time I walk by after that, he'd be like, "You want to play?" And I'd be like, "No." But now it's like an insult. Like, no, you're way
2: too easy.
0: <laughs> you're beneath me. I wouldn't play chess with you. Now this never happened, right? This argument never happened. Yeah, because in reality, how would we know? Same
2: team. Yeah. Well, because they say, are they on that box? Part, that part <laughs> never happened. Oh, yeah.
0: What's in the box? What's what's, what's in the box? box?
1: Are we on box? Anyway, Ron Howard, uh, you know, started out as uh, you know Opie. Andy Griffith show Opie. You know, he's been in the business since mm-hmm. he was what four. Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife and Oprah. Then, and then he was, uh, then he was Richie Cunningham on Happy Days, and then pretty much at that point, you go, well, that guy's life is over. He's going to be doing you know conventions for the rest of his life with Henry Winkler, going, hey, what's up, Richie? And then he. While he, while he was doing that, he said, well, I think I'd like to get into directing more. And, uh, Don't you mean more like,
0: gee golly gosh, I thought yeah, I'd exactly. like to get into directing more. You know, he's, he's done all right for himself. He's done yeah. amazing. I mean, you know, whatever. You can you can talk about his movies, but the fact is he's making them and you aren't.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the royal Just in Eagle. general, like Ron Howard. He
1: sucks as a director. Oh, yeah, let's see your movies. But he's, he's made quite a number of movies. Many of them are really quite epic in scale. Um He's he's one of our big epic movie directors now, and uh, he's, he's definitely near the top. He's doing he's doing uh, doing a lot of doing a lot of period pieces, which are not easy to do. And and I have to say I haven't I've never really noticed anything in particular like oh you can totally tell this is a Ron Howard movie
2: exactly. I, I, yeah. I haven't
1: noticed a signature
2: thing thing
1: yeah. that he does other
2: than competently tell. Right stories, which is you know that's hey that's we're not asking for any more than that, and that's what I've always admired about Ron Howard in particular is he it's not Ron Howard making a movie, it's Ron Howard, a Ron telling, Howard telling this story, but it's, it's Ron Howard it's also did we're yeah. forgetting
0: Cocoon, yeah. Ed TV, Ransom, and Frost Nixon. Yeah, see Cocoon. Frost-Nixon. See Cocoon was Cocoon. really his first sort of like oh
2: this guy might actually might be something be something to watch. Cocoon was a big hit at the time, but you never get the sense that ron howard's ego or personality is is uh,
0: overtaking the story it's the story is always first well yeah but when you start so amazingly far to the left of normal happy <laughs> i mean he could be the most jaded version of himself ever and he would still be two miles left of normal happy he would be like man ron howard's a douchebag and he'd be opening doors for you and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a douchebag god ron you've fallen far Can I wash your feet for you? I saw him
1: not open a door for someone once. Jesus. So this is pretty spectacular, and again, it 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 just shows that this is so unprecedented. This whole idea, like you know, there's no scenario that anyone could have envisioned. I mean, it's not you would go, oh, they they should have thought of that. No, no one should have thought of that. (laughs) No one should ever have thought of this ever possibly happening. You know, because really, it's like. I think I think the real answer is if this ever happened in real life, it's like we don't need a, We don't need a scenario for that. They're dead. There's they're, you know. Okay, now, if, the, if the if the CSM explodes, we're not going to be talking to them, telling them what to do after that. They've died.
0: Brian, They've been killed. How much do you know about what actually happened? The the series of things that went wrong here. Because at first it was the oxygen. Right. Like there was a, the wiring in the oxygen caused a spark, and that blew a thing, and that and that took a couple systems with it. But then other thing else started like falling out too as it went along, right?
2: Yeah, honestly, it's been a while since I've um, read s- separately from the movie or from here to the Moon*. What are you asking specifically about? It? What, what happened? Stuff. Well, I mean, the I know the, the, I the oxygen
1: that. tanks are tied to the power in a way. There's a, there's a combination. There's something about how the right. power and the water and the oxygen are all part of one system. So so losing the oxygen tanks in addition to the damage of the tanks blowing up and just causing physical damage and tearing up other systems. Introduces
0: a leak into the system.
1: Well, no, it's just, ha- just the fact that when, you have, when they have less oxygen, that's part of the reason they have less power because there's a, there's a power cell concept going on in there. I know they go into this in Lost Moon. I just don't remember the details of it either because I'm not a NASA engineer, so I'm not qualified to talk about it. Unlike a moon hoaxer. <laughs> Callback. Anyway, the, um, but, but that's part of it. It's, it's in a strange way. It's like the, the systems are so interrelated. That's how they get – these things into this little tiny space and launch it to the moon is the power and the oxygen supply are connected to each other. So when the oxygen is depleted, then the, uh, you know, the power is affected by that, not just on a physical level. Huh. It's, it's what's You know, they, they talk about fuel cells in this. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's maybe it might be like electrolysis. Like there's a hydrogen oxygen exchange going yeah, on, something I like think that. So,
0: yeah. But I mean, isn't it? I think it's you that's always talking about the convenience of having all your systems be one system in a sci-fi movie, and how that doesn't make any sense. Well, it's uh, it's it's not that it's all one system. Well, yeah, it's know, that they're connected systems. You consolidate a couple here and there, and all of a sudden people are dying in space trade. That's right, Sam. So, it's all your fault. I guess we had uh, all forgotten this shot existed, by the way. That blurry the, shot where the, the tunnel vision's setting in? I really don't remember. Vaseline on the lens. I really I I've
1: never noticed it in there before, but um, what do you, you know? who knows?
2: Yeah, we were we reviewing were this before we started recording. <laughs> Where'd that shot like, come I from? I don't remember that you, shot. And if you don't
0: have that shot in your version, we want to know what's different. How does it end? Yes, it's a tunnel vision shot. It's a well, special shot. edition, right? What?
2: collectors it's the, the collector's, collectors edition d- but d- I d- think that d- refers d- to the DVD right all right I'm not saying there's a special cut of the movie
1: where they added one they, shot yeah, yeah, ch- yeah. Kevin Bacon squinting his eyes
2: yeah no, I, don't, I just I don't know maybe that was in the theatrical cut, but not on the original DVD cut
0: more likely let's go Occam's here. you don't remember that shot
2: the, well, yeah, but uh-huh, <laughs> so many people would have to be in on me forgetting. <laughs> And look, don't look, you understand? This shot, this shot right here doesn't line up. See, you can see the stars. It's fake. Tens of thousands of people would have to have conspired <laughs> to add a
1: shot to a DVD release. Don't you see? That's not plausible. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, we're all in that Wait, actual business, okay. aren't we? Uh, we're all in that line of work. Sh- we are one prank of caller. We are those stars. Prank thousands. caller, prank <laughs> caller, prank caller. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up.
0: It's like Trey, shut up, shut up. Shut
1: up, shut up. Hey, name so this is a this is a movie that's just it's it's Howard is just competent just just darn competent at doing this kind of stuff I mean when you when you get right down to it it's hard to this is about three guys in a closet who are going look I have a plastic thing with tape on it and we're trying to make a dramatic scene out of that you know and watching a needle go up and down right um, and I go, well,
2: let's flip this switch does yeah does that fix it Uh, for now and then and yeah and then you cut to, to <laughs> yeah, mission yeah, control the, and it's like Okay, well, these numbers are bad, so let's uh, look at these numbers for a <laughs> yeah, while. Yeah, exactly. And as you know, this, this, and that. It's like the, it's like in- the the classic, uh, the classic. The, the producer
1: of a movie called uh, "Stand and Deliver," which is based on a true story of uh, kids here in L.A. high school, uh, Latino kids get, take, getting getting advanced achievements in math. He said uh, he said, "Stand and Deliver." If you've never seen it, it's Edward James Olmos, and and it's all about how they these kids in a you know, underprivileged Latino math special math class take the aptitude test and they score so high that the school board literally says you can't have scored this high, you cheated, and they have to take the test again to prove that no, we actually can do math, you racist pig. <laughs> um, it's a true story. Um, so he says, uh, but the producer of that, I think, it was the producer says, imagine pitching that. So what's your movie about? Latino kids take a math test twice. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm thinking Oscar. Well, agree you know, I did. So, so yeah, what's your movie about? You know, if you if you take away the trappings, it's like it's about three guys who are kind of cold in a box that doesn't work. It's it's hard. It's <laughs> yeah. hard to sustain that for for 2 hours, you know. Um, which is why they open it up so much. And we, you know, how we, does this
0: movie fall on the spectrum of, of of movie representation of space program of the space program? I think, I think it's, it's I a mean, it, number one as it gets.
1: I can't think of
0: <laughs> Brian. You don't get to talk anymore, and that's a detriment to this commentary. No, no I don't get to talk anymore. But um, I, I I can't think I can't think of, think of, of, can't think that's, of anything that's even you know, that's more yeah, honest than unless yeah. unless
1: you want to go to an actual Apollo documentary like uh, you know the day we left Earth or something
0: uh, like are that. Are there any horrible examples of of, of no marooned marooned Never Capricorn
2: heard. One,
0: Capricorn One, which so
1: annoying. Capricorn One, which I blame for a lot of this yeah. hoax hoo ha. You know, Capricorn One was stupid at the time. It's entertaining and its music. I've, I've it's never it's even heard of that. It's, What's the nature of Capricorn Cap- One?
2: Capricorn One is about Sam Watterson and OJ Simpson and some other guys. James Brolin. James Brolin. Josh's dad. Um, they are, are, basically fake a Mars mission as opposed to a moon mission. But and Hal they,
1: Holbrook is the government douchebag who sets it all up back at the back of the thing. And and the logic is. We found out that the Mars mission technically won't work, but for whatever strange, stupid reason that people think the government works like this when it doesn't make any sense, um, we're going to fake it for reasons that are unclear and don't matter. Um, so the point is that they spend this whole time faking this Mars mission, but then the lander, which has gone you know, unmanned, has gone unorbited orbited Mars and come back, burns up on reentry, And everyone on the planet knows that it burned up on reentry. So now they've got these three live astronauts who were supposed to be dead. So it's about how these three astronauts now the government Are now is outrunning it, the government trying to run trying away from the government them. who wants to kill them to yeah. keep their, keep their cover up of the moon of the Mars mission a fake. And there's a scene. And of it the, presents
0: itself as an honest representation of everything.
1: No, it's a, it's no, an entertainment, I yeah, but that, well, that's what I, I, I mean, it sounds,
0: I was going to say that sounds like an excellent premise for a,
1: Action movie. What, what's notable about it is the Mars mission, they actually show them like in their sound stage, f- stage in the Mars mission, and, and the Mars lander looks suspiciously like a Lunar Lander. Yeah. Almost exactly like a Lunar Lander. Yes. Yeah.
2: But OJ Simpson is very good in it.
0: OJ Simpson's awesome in it. OJ Simpson is perfect in that, and he's perfect in everything else that he does. And I for one think that he's the just a, a great stellar a, guy, he, and I, I don't want him to have my address. He's a great human <sighs> being.
1: He's a great humanitarian and a human being. He will kill you! <laughs> But uh, Capricorn 1 is, is – you know, it was also a, not a huge, big-budget movie. It was actually very fairly popular, but it wasn't like a big Hollywood production. Um, but Marooned was – now, Marooned was – did Marooned ha- Marooned was after after Apollo 13, or was it actually before Apollo 13 and just happened to be stunningly prescient about it? Marooned is about um, – it's an eight-ticket movie. It's about it's about astronauts who can't – they can't get out of orbit. They're, their ship – their retros won't fire, so they're in orbit. Um, and the astronauts are Gene Hackman and uh, and uh, two other pretty famous. Uh, uh, no, Gene Hackman's uh, one of them. It's an early film for Gene Hackman, and they've been in a, a, a space station mission for a long time, and they're getting ready to come back to Earth, and their their retro rockets won't fire, and they're in this capsule just running out of air. While down on Earth, they're trying to figure out what they can do. Um, and that 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 movie actually goes the direction of of what we joked about. This movie, going One of the guys kills themselves. One of the guys ultimately offs himself just so that there's enough air for the other two guys to to last long enough for a rescue but it's not very you know it's not very good scientifically i mean the capsule is a very cheap you know it's a cardboard set with like four blinking lights and you know you've never seen so many good actors in a you know supposedly a-list movie not not with the you know it's sort of typical how we did sci-fi in the 60s (laughs) you know it's like oh this is good enough i'm sure this is fine
0: our beryllium sphere is Christmas lights. <laughs> but I can't uh but I can't think of uh Marooned and Capricorn 1. Capricorn 1 are
1: certainly the not don't do it like that. uh example. I can't think of
0: any. Trey, how do you feel about 2001? I
2: love 2001.
0: 2001 is as, I mean as an, an comprehensively love 2001, even as a movie. Well, I mean, we, have we to, should
2: do 2001 at some point. Yeah. No,
1: yeah. 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 Well, Brian and I can do that one, and you can just sit there and moan and go. Ugh.
0: No, it's just so long and boring. I mean, you, you no, spend that's like Transformers. Uh, you're thinking about. Oh, okay, well, two different kinds of boring, but yeah. boring nonetheless. It's, everything. I mean, everything towards the end is is really exciting, and then well, you know, I'm sorry. The it just part. doesn't stand up to your slick Hollywood movie making standards. <laughs> um,
1: yes, there is some element of of well, it's two thousand and one, and you weren't there, so you don't know. But Brian wasn't there, and he does know, so I'm heartened by that. Yeah, so, Brian doesn't yeah. like Citizen Kane, and Brian, I love Citizen Kane. I like Let's not Citizen- play this oh, game. Oh, God, oh, here we go. Oh God, here we go. Oh God,
2: I like Citizen Kane. It's not the best movie ever made.
1: Two thousand and one is great. There's not a there's other than at the end when they get a little psychedelic. Um, Point yeah you know, there 's not a visual effect shot that first of all doesn 't hold up almost fifty I completely years later. Agree with you so you give them credit for that. It's you know it 's technically until it turns into a trippy thing at the end technically it 's pretty much dead on as far as everything it, it portrays about what space travel and living in space would be like. Um, you can argue about the story, okay, fair, you know, fair enough. You know, the story doesn't work for you, but uh, it works for me. I enjoy it, and 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 I I enjoy it because it was again, it was a movie that when it came out, I was like, well, I didn't get that, so I'm going to read up on it. I'm going to study, unlike <laughs> hoaxers, unlike hoax believers. <laughs> I didn't get it, so I'm going to learn more about the topic. Try it, you'll like it. Um, there were books about how it was made, and uh, some some. Uh, tv stuff was available if you happen to catch it on on the air and i just got into the process of okay well and i read the original novel i read the book you know there was original short story then there was the novelization of the movie which sort of explained a little more than kubrick was willing to give us so it's like okay well that's kind of wacky and trippy and not necessarily you know an understandable ending but at least now i know what they were going for i mean it was possible to watch that entire movie and just not know what the hell what, what was all that about Um, which I understand and that might be maybe it's a little too obscure in what it's talking about and even trying to understand what the plot is of that movie but um, I think it's great it
0: works for me every time we do I was there we watch the movie once beforehand so we can just you know even if we've already seen it a million times just to catch up with it and we were watching this a second ago this scene came up where the guy holds up the piece of paper and Brian like lost his shit (laughs) (laughs) he's just like oh my god
2: (laughs) yeah well it's I can't. Unfortunately, when you make a parody of something, you, in a, in a, one very real way, you destroy the original for yourself. And <laughs> there are sequences in this movie that I can't <laughs> not just th- fill in Thanksgiving with the Kranzes. And I mean, there's a lot of jokes, but Thanksgiving with the Kranzes, about eighty percent of the jokes that we came up with ended up in the movie. And there's some stuff that we just left out. And one of them was. Recreating that little That sequence on the TV Is like well If this is If this is Basketball is the earth And this baseball is the moon And blah 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 And one of the jokes was You know Well If this baseball is a turkey And this turkey is the moon Or something (laughs) like that That was one of our jokes That we didn't end up doing (laughs) But Anyway
0: Okay Okay Sort of exhausted our supply Of this movie is kind of awesome
1: no, I, no. I, it's, I, we're, we're about to come to another awesome scene and it's it's awesome mostly because it happened which you know, I can't believe that these guys actually did this even how even how uh, you know, Hollywoodized it might be and you know, made all sexy with cutting and editing and camera angles. It's like, yeah, just, these guys did this. They'd be dead if they hadn't done this amazing feat of piloting that they they pulled off here.
2: What is amazing is all of the events are not really dramatized in a Hollywood way. The only thing that's really has that extra, like, Hollywood spice to it is their interactions with each other. Because if you actually listen to the comms, if you listen to the way they talked about how they interacted in the capsule, it's so matter-of-fact. Like, their lives are on the line. They could very easily end this little burn here flying off into space, never to return. But if you were to listen... I mean, in this, you can hear that they're excited and they're anxious. Um, But they weren't going going for Oscar
1: nominations like these guys are.
2: Right, but it's so, like... It's so. I don't want to say deadpan, but it's calm business, it's beyond business. any reasonable. Anybody has any right to be calm in that kind of situation. It, it's business-like, yeah. It's it, it's well, it's probably a military. That's a military yeah, it's sort a of. Military it's like it's. I mean, they talk about okay. All of these guys were test pilots, so they were all. Jim Lovell talks about it in the in the behind behind the scenes. Like we, we were all accustomed to crises. We were test pilots, so we expected. Catastrophes all the time because that's what our job was was to encounter those and then fix them. So it's like when um when the plane landed in in the Hudson at the beginning of the year. It's if you actually listen to the com between the pilot and the <laughs> yeah. the air traffic controllers, they're not like oh, holy shit, we're gonna land in the river. Holy God, <laughs> fuck us. Oh God, oh no, that was like <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna try to get to the uh, New Jersey airport over here to my right. No, actually, no, I don't think we're gonna make it. So all right, we're gonna go to the river. Yeah. And I mean that's.
1: Well if you're in that it's kind of fantastic. scenario as it's long as amazing. you as long as you have some kind of control. I mean, you know, they, 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 the, I don't know if it's true or not, it's apocryphal story, but they say that you know, it when the plane actually crashes, when there is a fatal crash, that you know the black box, the guys you know, they always say shit. That's the last word you hear on the black <laughs> box every time is shit or, or a long drawn out version or whatever. Um but uh you know, it's it's you are the few times that I've been in, you know, and we've all had like some kind of um, experience like that, you know, you, you do you work the problem as opposed to just right. throwing your hands over your eyes and going, yeah! so, um, you know, these guys more than, more than most people. These, yeah. These
2: guys are accustomed to it. Yeah. They're, they're trained just, to, and that's, habits.
1: I mean, that's why, that's why we, you know, we make fun of the military. We make fun of you know, NASA. That's why, this is why these people are like, they are, this is why they are these sort of straight ahead, AJ squared away, jarhead. you know, because when the shit goes down with the military scenario or this kind of scenario, you don't want to have to like, stop and think. You want to go, no, we're drilled on this we have a procedure, we have a way to handle it and we're going to do it until we die. Right. You know, right until
2: the point when we explode and die. We're going to work the problem as long as we can and that's just all we can do. Yeah. So we'll just do it. We're just going to keep, you know,
1: cranking, cranking on the controls and see if we can make this work. Um
2: There's actually, if you listen to the, um, uh, to the radio chatter between Mission Control and Apollo 11 when they're actually landing on the moon. The landing is, it, it, it
1: sounds so flattened, all dull, like yeah. five degrees down, three degrees left,
2: five degrees down. But they're, they're like seconds from death.
1: They're but yeah, seconds like, from As crashing. I was saying
2: at the beginning, they, you know, Armstrong was like, okay, well, the computer wanted to land us in that field of boulders, so let's not do that. And they were seconds away from running out of fuel before they actually landed. And that, I mean, they were very, very close to death. And yeah. if you listen to the actual comments, it's, it's like, you know, five down, you know, 10 seconds left, yeah. 20 down. And, and it's it, all very level kind of delivery. I and always then, remember the mission control guy afterwards,
1: got a bunch of guys down here about to turn blue. I, mean, I, I, never, I never, before I knew about the story, I never understood why he said that. He you know, was yeah. like, well, it sounded like it was pretty routine to me. You know, I was like, that's because we don't know that the guys back home are going, they got eight <laughs> seconds of fuel left. Right. They got to put this thing down.
2: And that's why but, these but, but, yeah, are awesome. he doesn't go
1: like, "Holy fucking shit, that was awesome!" Eagle. You know, he yeah. just goes, "He goes, he goes." We copy you down. You know, because that's what you're
2: supposed to say. And he he puts his hand over the mic, leans back. And <laughs> yeah. <goes>, yeah. Woo! <laughs> but that's why these guys are awesome, and that's why they deserve to be everybody's role models, and yeah. that's why they are my role models. Yeah. Michael Jackson was
1: nice. He danced really well. Yeah, Michael but, Jackson was great. <laughs> yeah, but the Pope seems like shit, a nice elderly German man. But come on.
2: Brett Favre works very hard. <laughs> works very hard. Swings
1: a stick and hits hits things really hard with it. That's great. Uh, Brett Favre's football try. See, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a living example of what you're getting at. I don't even know what Brett Favre does. I guess something line. I never heard
0: of before is that Trey, you mentioned that this little lighted map situation that he had put together so you could plug if, into the dash and light, and light up a map if was I remember correctly, actually Jim Lovell's idea.
1: Yeah, the detail that I I, I remember, it's, it's in Lost Moon, and I hope I'm remembering it correctly. My apologies, Jim, if I'm not. But uh, well, I'll pass that along. someone. T- <laughs> Next time you talk to him, would you check that <laughs> Sorry,
2: out? I haven't talked to them in a long
1: As time. As I recall, anyway. the, uh, the, it, was a, it was a, you know, the pilots have, jet pilots have a, a knee, have a, like a map thing strapped to their knee. That's where they refer to stuff. And he came up with a little reading light thing. And again, this is like you know Vietnam era. He came. You know, now you can go to the bookstore and get a little reading light with a little thing. But uh, he invented this little reading light, and we're like, oh look, I can. Isn't this convenient? You plug and, it into the. And the he plugged dash. it into the power of the of the jet cockpit and and so the reason that the power went <laughs> off in his jet cockpit is himself he, he wired it up wrong and blew out his own cockpit power
0: not so, quite as
2: serendipitous as this movie
0: yeah. makes it seem yeah, by, the, not, by, the, you know, by the way if you've never blown out your own cockpit you should try it you should your, really it feels you great.
1: really should try and blow out your own cockpit power if it if the opportunity presents itself just don't be on vox Real zero G. There was some real zero G going on. It's there. It's almost
0: unbelievable what these guys went through. It's it's literally almost unbelievable because you, you want to gloss it over, be like, break it down into little experiences, like, wow, it must suck to be that cold, or right. wow, yeah. it must suck to be that worried <laughs> yeah. about Cold-like whether or not you can space. stop, whether or not you can stop the the ship fast enough to actually land on the, you know, in the trajectory tra- 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 you want to be going on, or you know, it sucks that you'd have to, you'd wonder if you were going to be breathing in five minutes. But it's not like any one of those things happened to these guys all of those things happened to these guys while they were getting sick and hadn't slept yep. and were set out to go on the greatest adventures
2: of their lives, which then got
1: pulled from <laughs> Yeah, them. turned into a bad thing. Someone else pointed out recently, like did the, the moon, one of the moon hoax arguments is, is okay. If we faked it, why do we fake it seven times, including faking, screwing it up? Yeah. Why, why, why would we fake this?
0: I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but yeah. I've heard a, a comprehensive theory that, as a, as a hoax theory that includes that as a, when Stanley Kubrick was directing these moon landings, yeah. he wanted the third act to be go a little Ari. He, he, he didn't, he didn't want it to be, you know, yeah. business as usual in act three. So that's, that's a conspiracy
1: theorist from someone who knows nothing about movies or science or <laughs> the military. That's, that's a, that's a unified ignorance theory going on there.
0: I found a website that lists all the, all the thing all the different variations and theories and sub theories. And it's really interesting to see them all. Cause there's some that are like, wow, that's, that's, Almost cunning, and then there's some that are like, "Wow, that's almost ridiculous." There are three major moon
1: hoax proponents. There's 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 Sibrel, Brad Cibrel, Bart Cibrel, something like that. And there's two other guys. And and uh, I was I was looking into them, like, okay, well, what are their arguments? And there were and there were three different guys, but you can kind of tell which arguments were coming from which guy. I mean, there was there was one guy that was like, "Well, if his if his argument is based on." Reasonable concerns that can simply be addressed with more information. You know, if it's if it's if it's misinformed, Mm -hmm, then that's probably this guy. If it's clearly delusional conspiracy. Well, no. If it's clearly deceptively
2: presenting information. Yeah. If it's
1: clearly skewing information in order to gain gain. You know, uh, acceptance or gain. You know, notoriety. That's 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 Sybil. I found that was Sybil. Sybil's like, okay, you you know enough to say this part of the information. Right. But sh- that means you must have stumbled across the other part of that same information that shows that you're talking nonsense. Right.
2: You've dug in to find this <laughs> section of footage. <laughs> yeah. Which means you should have seen this footage. The which footage that came it.
1: immediately before me. Anyway, right. so if it's if it's if it's if it's merely worth worth discussing but ig- in, in misinformed or ignorant it's one guy if it's clearly just attention hogging it's Sybril and if it's batshit crazy it's the third guy <laughs> <laughs> it was the third guy who's just like anything goes Kennedy and aliens yeah. and the Illuminati and and postage stamps and you name it well I it mean, all fits for, into the for, moon landing
0: for anything that someone is going out of their way to explain and where there's usually an accepted theory and there's always going to be conspiracy theories it always comes from the fact that someone doesn't believe it for one reason or another and they're trying to support themselves with things that they can say about it, which is, you know, why are you an atheist? I don't have to tell you because I'm just an atheist. Or, you know, okay, well, well, because of this and, the, and, and that. And, 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 you know, you get into those after you get to the point where it's like, I don't think we landed on the moon. I don't think there's a God. Whatever you Whatever it is that you say, someone will ask you to support it. I just want to know what it is that these people are what they don't what, the the basic catalyst for why they don't think it happened in the first place is it just mm-hmm. the enormity of it? Just the I can't believe that happened, and so I'll try to figure out ways to pick it apart. Or is it something more like uh, is it you know just the schizos that are that are worried about it's a satellites question. anyway?
1: Like, yeah. What, what at, at
0: which what point do you get off? Flotative. What is the what
1: is the point? Why yeah. do you not do you not
0: want us to have
1: gone to the moon? Does that somehow damage your your worldview in some strange
0: way? I like that sequence right there where they're all swaggering so wide that the guys had to step out of the way. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, watch out, my balls are going to swing back over when I take Gary my next Sneeze's step. The guy grabs
2: the so Navy big. lieutenant and just pushes him out of the way. Yeah. Move
1: it. Gary Sinise
2: like coming in. This little geeky mission controller engineer guy grabs a naval officer and throws him out of the way. <laughs> that's
0: right, man. You no, know, Jack, he, uh, he stepped out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, is he there with you? Yeah, what kind of question is that? Seriously. Yeah. What kind of command module pilot are you? Yeah, he's here. That guy looks kind of like Buzz Aldrin, but I don't buy this Armstrong guy at all. Yeah.
0: I thought Aldrin in um, From the Earth to the Moon was great. Brian Cranston?
2: Yes. Brian Cranston? Yeah. Who
0: was excellent. excellent Dad actor. from Malcolm in Who the I middle.
2: thought did an excellent job with Buzz Aldrin, who's a difficult character to. Yeah, to
0: he portray. is. He's, the more you find out about it, the more you're like, oh, you're cool. But you're, you're a little... You're kind of a douche. Kind of a douchebag. <laughs> but, really? tre, but, well, you know, but Trey his, follows he, him on Twitter,
2: you, so shh. Yeah. I follow him, too. I Buzz know. Aldrin? Yeah, I follow, I yeah, follow yeah. Buzz Aldrin on Twitter. As do I What and a
1: bizarre thing to say. It's a, it's a phrase that <laughs> does, doesn't seem like it could be English, but it actually is.
2: Yeah, but if, if you watch the Apollo 11 episode of From the Air to the Moon, it's a, a large chunk of it is about how Aldrin wanted to be the first guy out because he felt like Armstrong wasn't taking it seriously enough. And he wouldn't have anything to say or to you know to commemorate the moments. And he kind of fought really hard. And everybody was like, "Buzz, no, chill, no, dude, no, <laughs> not happening." Yeah. And uh, he he had some alcohol problems later in life, which mm. he's he's figured out these days. Well, but, Buzz uh, is
1: the guy that the uh, Brad Sybil Bart Sybil whatever one of the main. Uh, He's the guy who punched Sybil yeah. in the face, yeah. and it's on video. Go to YouTube for that. You want to see a, you want to yeah, see a good a good moon video. Watch Buzz Aldrin punch Sybil in the face,
2: and it's right when he what calls happened. Tower too, this this moon hoaxer guy confronts. Because uh, they try to do this with all of them, they chase him down. And like, you know, why don't you admit that it's all it's a lie? All or hoax, whatever, you're, yeah. you're a liar. You're a coward. Yeah. And right when he says coward, Aldrin, yeah. just Aldrin, he's
1: him. trying to go into a building. The guy just accosts him on the street with a camera crew. Brought his own camera crew to you know let's get Buzz Aldrin you know to to look uncomfortable. Buzz turns around, Cole
0: Coxon,
1: <laughs> bang. Does he connect
0: and everything? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the guy then tried. The guy, tried to, the sue guy him. tried to sue afterwards. Blah blah blah. And Judge was like, No, yeah, no, you're you're a tremendous cock. This man. And walked on the moon, and you're a douchebag.
0: Case <laughs>
2: dismissed. Get out. Uh, that's a firm. That's a firm. Should, should I tell that story? I, already, story? I already made reference to it twice. Yeah. All right. So my my friend is a is a mission controller for Ooh, the space station. Brian's Whoa. friend's a mission part of the conspiracy. He told, me, he told me a story once. Brian, where, you're part of the problem. I know. I'm in on it. I will have to kill all of you now. Uh, he told me a story once where there it was a spacewalk. They were doing something, and uh, the Capcom. The guy doing the spacewalk was like, Okay, I'm, I'm doing this thing now. I'm removing the cover, whatever it is. And the Capcom would always come back and say, Okay, that's affirmative. And the spacewalkers' name happened to be Richard. And they called him Dick for short. <laughs> oh, and boy. So it'd always Here it be, comes. It always be, Okay, that's affirmative, Dick. We copy you, doing whatever. And eventually, I mean, they were doing this over and over again. So the Capcom eventually shortened it for ease <laughs> to say it over again. To, that's affirm, Dick. Over and over and over again. Until finally, the public affairs officer... <laughs> Sitting in the back row, because the Capcom sits in the front and the p- public affairs guy sits in the back, finally stands up and shouts across the entire mission control room, Stop saying that! <laughs> because it's the public affairs guy that's got to, that's a firm dick, deal with NASA TV and everything.
0: <laughs> He's like the standards and practices guy. <laughs> you can't say that! Stop saying it!
2: They've got the, yeah, they've got the FCC guy. <laughs> so here's a, little, here's, a little, here's a little
0: Trey Stokes in, in his school yes, in his school When, when director, I was in military, military school kind and kind my dad was one of the. Astronauts. Very fancy caller.
1: I was a little younger than this. I at, like I said, I think it was third grade for me in 1970.
0: But yeah, we, we, we all sat in the all-purpose room and, uh, and we watched this all on TV. Well, I had the opposite experience during 9-11 because I was in school for 9-11. And they did the opposite where they were like, here's all this information you want. For us, it was no one turned on a TV. People were getting like – You hand, can't they were handle getting, hand, the getting, getting Exactly. They were getting handed – these like IOUs for for suspension and stuff like that. They never panned out. They never ended up suspending these people. But they said you're going to be suspended when you turn on the TV and all that stuff because they were they didn't. I don't know. I don't understand you the nature suspended? of suspended. Yeah, they were going to. They were. They were. They told people don't turn on the TV or you'll be. It, it's like a, you know, it's a it's a demerit against you. It's just you're going to get in trouble for turning on the TV, which in our, our school had TVs everywhere. So it was one of those things where, uh, why? And they, they told people not to get on the computers and stuff like that too. I was like, uh, you know, and I didn't, at the time I was just confused. I was like, what the f- World fall because you know, when if you if if you spent that entire day without a television picture, you, when someone says the World Trade Center fell down, you're like, What did it what else did it hit? You know, you're <laughs> yeah, like, really, really you're yeah. like felt it fell down like over and it you landed know, that, on a bus full of nuns. What the hell? And then, like, everyone in our school had this vibe where it's like they think it was the Palestinians. And, he, and, 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 and in retrospect, we were just like, we were trying to for some reason, we Understood our, our, our school officials to be part of the help. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they think it's this, yeah, don't tell, don't tell. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Great. What?: And this, this
1: scene here just uh, which, which one of the lucky actors is, is having the, you know, the the joy of acting upside down? Yeah, you know it's like it like may not be oriented the way it appears in the, in this, in the shot, you know maybe it's actually oriented a different way, and one of the other guys is the one who's actually upside down. Here's one of our zero G.
2: Zero-G shots, of course. A, I'm noticing the second time we're through, a lot of the zero-G shots are of Kevin Bacon going through the tube. Going through the That's tube, That's like the definitely. fourth or fifth shot. Just yeah.
1: Kevin Bacon going through the tube. Apparently, he was very good at the... There we go. There's the, There's, there's the. the damage, wow, damage. I had no idea how screwed we were moment that these guys went through.
2: And, yeah, when they say, you know, one whole side is missing and everybody in Michigan... <laughs> it was like, what?
1: Oh, fuck. You know. We just thought, we just thought that, you know, the wire was busted you had explosion, and
2: the high gain antenna there.
1: Mm-hmm. As I recall from the pictures of the thing, actually the panel's kind of still there. It's kind of hanging off, right? It's like it looks like a like a hood popped up, like open a, a giant car. hangnail. Yeah, like a hood. Here's Jules Bergman with a not necessarily helpful demonstration. <laughs> Thank you, Jules. We totally get how they might die. That's
0: great. The only thing that would have been better if instead of they use it like a model, they just had a hamburger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like, so here's Jim Lovell. I'm going to use this balloon to represent the space capsule and this stick
1: of dynamite to represent the Earth's atmosphere. Why? Because it's
2: cool. Because burning stuff is cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, meanwhile, these guys are not period. These guys are a recreation. These two guys in the strange color suits, but Bergman and, and Cronkite, are, are authentic from the time period. But these two other guys are, are modern recreations there we go that's uh chet huntley trey did you know jesus <laughs> yeah and he was a dick can i tell you <laughs> he was black see we both like the same girl and, and never
0: mind oh okay. wow worm can peeler <laughs> no i think it's one of the greatest travesties of history Oh God! That <laughs> six six
2: commemorative plates, six six plates on the moon, on the moon that will that will be there all the time, functionally forever, eternity. By a, by a accident of historical timing, <laughs> all of those plaques have the commemorating name. this the greatest pinnacle of human Richard achievement Nixon's so far. Richard Nixon's name on them. Richard, Nixon. Richard Nixon's name on them. Brian can't help it. I just <laughs> that bothers me. Well. Bad.
1: What are you going to do? Who is uh, – what is it? Is there, is there any names on the, on the, the pioneer plaque? The, uh, the one with the, the male and female figures? I don't think
2: there are any names, no. Well, that's as it should be. That's yes, good. indeed.
1: You do You want the aliens to come up and go, where's Nixon? We want to see him right now.
2: <laughs> this Nixon sounds awesome. Yeah. We call well, him. according to Contact, our first interstellar <laughs> ambassador is Hitler. Hitler, yeah. Even though I, it's, not, it's not actually true. I saw a choice. But, Wait, what? Yeah, Come, according to the inverse square law... Have you never seen Contact? I've seen Contact. So, you, yeah, you know, that the first television transmission. But of any, of is, any
1: great power. They do, they do clarify I it remember. by saying that. Roosevelt, actually, years before, was in a television broadcast, but it probably didn't make it, you know,
2: but it according, beyond the next house. According to physics, the, the signal degrades the farther away it yeah, gets. Sure.
1: So Probably no one's uh, hearing uh, us at
2: all. By the time it would get, get out to Vega, it would be so degraded that it would just be background noise.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. We're probably not so, broadcasting yeah. but anything. But they're saying but they they represent that the So the, that the oldest broadcast was Hitler.
2: Of any significant power, like Trey said. Okay. That's yeah. that's what Contact says. What Carl Sagan says. Yeah. I just saw a chart yesterday online uh, that
1: uh showed like okay. Assuming everything's traveling at the speed of light, you know how far has the signal gotten? And it's like it's gotten to a few nearby stars, but you know the the, the outermost is you know Roosevelt and Hitler's you know uh, Hitler's uh, Olympic broadcast and things like that. Um, you know, Liver and Shirley is is more closer in, but yeah, it's it's actually more likely that you know not not only not only will no civilization ever pick up our signal that they you know will will be long dead and gone and the signal will be gone and there'll be no evidence that we ever existed at all you know there'll be no record it's not like yeah. someone on the other side well, of someone on the other side of the galaxy will pick up other than pioneer and a few others surveyor or whatever well you know, yeah i mean
2: the that, pioneer and voyager it'll be this
0: will be this uh,
2: and then the 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 plaques on on the moon yeah on the moon that that will be that will be, that will be, our, legacy. be our legacy go
0: out unless anything hits the moon and all of a sudden Shakes them off. Well, well. Actually, if, if if anything would happen to the Earth
1: enough to eradicate evidence of our presence, it probably will eradicate the Moon as well. It will take it'll take literally millions. Right, yeah. It'll well, take millions of years before you wouldn't find a sign, as you well know, um, of us on the planet. Yeah. Um, you no, know, Mount I, Rushmore. Will I'm still not going to say
0: here. I know everything about life after people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I know a fair bit. Yeah. So, well, you know, I never mind. I I had a joke, but that would be a bad joke. The things that are gonna,
1: the things that are gonna last the longest on this planet are are, are basically Mount Rushmore and nuclear
0: stockpiles. Yeah, Mount Rushmore is the. Uh, they say that of all the man-made representations, or you know, anything that would be around after everything else would be gone, Rushmore is going to be the last one. Where it's like that's not just a cliff. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's definitely somebody. did Somebody something. did
1: that. Yeah, you know? and the other is, and the other is that, you know, if if we just walked away, or even if we didn't, that we have concentrated nuclear materials in a way that can't possibly be natural. So like even in our nuclear waste dumps and so on. So even, you know, tens of, you know, a million years from now, someone Mm -hmm. can come along and go, this, this is not, you don't find this much refined plutonium in one spot. (laughs) Somebody did this.
0: George Carlin had a bit about why are we here in the earth? The earth wanted plastics. The
1: earth Earth belches out plastics. (laughs) Yeah. The earth wanted plastics, just didn't know how to make it. So, so so it's, it spawned us to make plastics and now we can be phased out. This is another as you know moment. Yeah. Well, he's talking to a press guy, so I think that's, that's true.
2: He's
0: time. talking to a black guy.
2: Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait. Does hey, a wait black a guy? Why don't you wait, go back you're to black your school? And it's 1969. Why am I talking to you? <laughs> go back right. to your NASA. <laughs> yeah. I said
1: NASA, not massa. What? Suddenly you got quiet.
0: What? <laughs> what? You don't like when Zoidberg makes a joke? <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is the Apollo 13 commentary, man. Keep it together. <laughs> How did we make oh, the that Apollo was, 13 that was one commentary step, That comment. was
1: one step too far. Yeah, we're talking about Hitler and
2: 9-11 in May. Oh, that's fine, but don't... <laughs> well, Hitler is one thing, Trey. Come on now. <laughs> Zoidberg,
0: that's another. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
1: already I'm trying. I was hoping to get that audition for that you know, fat I new, saw uh,
0: that job. Yeah.
1: Apparently they've made a deal. They've found enough money for the actors to be willing to show up, so...
0: No shit, because who's going to watch it if they don't?
1: Most people, most normal people. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> or, or in other words, the same people who watched it before. It was never a hit. I don't understand why. They they have to do it cheaper because they know it's not going to be popular.
0: So yeah, this I is like how it, they're all getting ready for the inevitable pictures yeah. that will surround them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. He's like his five days, but they're like, oh, yeah. okay, all right, done. here we go. One way
1: or the other, we're going to be on TV now. As we, I think we said it during the first re- re- like, viewing.
0: <laughs> all right, you have fun there in Candyland, Gene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm sure it's all going to work out just fine, Gene. Anyway, so the the obituary should go like this. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if you they to write two speeches, if they yeah, it's West Wing taught us that right. you, they okay. always write two speeches. You well, always write the two speeches.
2: Of, uh, the fact that Nixon wrote two speeches after the Apollo 11 landing. True. He wrote yeah. one in case they okay. the uh, the ascent engine didn't fire and that they were left there. And it's a creepy thing to read. Yeah, wishing, wishing that they had suicide pills.
0: <laughs> Sitting there like Tommy Lee Jones and space cowboys. <laughs> now there's a there's a movie. See,
1: there you go. There's a movie that didn't exactly get it get it right. I that thing.
0: I remember being. I was in that. You know, I was maybe eleven or twelve when that movie came out. But I remember thinking, no. <laughs> It's a cool premise. It's a cute premise. I give him credit for the premise.
2: If you want to see the premise zero- up until
0: the point where he flies a bomb to the moon,
2: and and, and makes then it and the then surface.
0: lands softly. Yeah.
2: If you want to see, you know, they talk zero- about zero G done staged poorly. That's a movie to watch.
0: They talk about um, how they got this fire effect outside the windows, and the idea was basically, well, you know, we could we could spend all day trying to make this look right. You know, with some sort of a CG thing, it would take forever. How <laughs> no, about we just put fire outside
1: well, the basically window? Basically,
0: they shot fire at exposing a frame for four seconds, basically long enough so that it blurs out like crazy, and then you just pile twenty-four frames of those on in a second, and you end up with this insanely blurry fire effect, which is what they ended up using.
2: Which the the heat shields on all of these early spacecraft were ablative, which basically meant they they had this coating of asbestos or whatever it was that. Was meant to be chipped away when it when it came back through the um, through the atmosphere, so that like a gobstopper,
1: <laughs> an everlasting uh, heat shield, yes. yeah,
2: something like that. So you don't really see it in that in that sequence, but chunks of of the heat shield would fly off as as it came back through. Was that the mm.
0: primary buffer panel? <laughs>
2: Did the primary buffer panel just fuck off the for no reason?
1: No, it's designed that way. unlike on Serenity, which is not designed that way. Yeah, the uh, I remember seeing the the actual landed craft, uh, like the Smithsonian. I was I remember we really struck that they, they, this honeycomb right, shape right.
2: because yeah, they this were, honeycomb pattern to the, the way heat they shield. installed the the heat shield was they had like just these women like just kind of inject that honeycomb pattern with the ablative material, and that was it was a hand done process. They just sat there and filled up that honeycomb, and the the stuff in that honeycomb would then eat up the, the heat. Absorb the heat and then fall away, and that—that's how they carried the the heat away from the spacecraft.
1: <laughs> just yep. actually, just throw the hot parts away and just hope that there's enough hot parts to throw yeah. away before you get before to the you ground. Get to the, the cold. Before you get yeah. to the chewy center, exactly.
2: Yes. And that was that was the big advance for the shuttle was with those tiles is that it wasn't ablative. It just those tiles could actually absorb all of that heat. Although the shuttle isn't going the speeds that the these space these the apollo spacecraft that are actually coming back from the moon entered a lot faster and it's it's not an actual barrier it's just the fact that you're coming you're hitting the atmosphere so fast you're pushing the air molecules out of the way so fast that they catch on fire in the process so awesome the yeah, apollo spacecraft cool. coming all the way from the moon are the fastest things we have ever designed Mm-hmm. That too, I've come back. That's why ninjas <laughs> catch fire. Yeah, that's right.
1: that we, yeah, we're not sending away. They
0: were actually
2: bringing yeah, back actually at us back. with yeah.
0: people inside them.
2: The Pluto probe, Voyager, those are all going fast. This isn't some bullshit
0: thing, back. by the way. They were talking about how they thought they were coming in too shallow. And in fact, they were. And they stayed in the ionosphere longer than most other returning ships yeah. would have. Which right. is just its just a fancy way of saying, more suspense. <laughs> yeah, They but were wrong, and it minutes. took more than three but minutes. it happened in real
1: life. Yeah, sure.
2: So
0: yeah,
1: by the way, if you didn't understand any of that uh, that uh, talk about the heat shield, it still doesn't mean we didn't go to the moon, okay? <laughs> yeah. Read a book.
2: That's true. So.
0: <laughs> Brian, stop making Trey work hard. <laughs> Sorry. But what did, even if you don't understand what he <laughs> no, said. No,
1: so you just gave him like, you know, the, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, how would you possibly, yeah, you don't get it. Move Van
0: on. Right? Allen yes, didn't give it a, was a, hard, but hyper- we still did yes, it. it.
1: It was difficult. That's what makes it cool, you ignorant bastards.
0: But, 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 but the
2: radiation. Yes, Van Allen belts.
1: I very clearly saw it from here in my living room that it's all a fake. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Good. And, you know, it's...
0: Everything is going as I have for yes, yes, yes. Thank
1: you. Thank you for sharing that interesting insight about moon mm-hmm. landings.
0: You ignorant douche. Whoa, dad. that looked like an edit in the film. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Yeah, it just looked like yeah. they
1: cut to... Yeah, the one thing, as someone who saw it on television, you know, the, the thing wasn't that close, even with the magical telephoto lens, oh. the thing wasn't that close to the camera. It was a little tiny lollipop off in the sky, like, there it is, you know. And even that was enough, we were excited to see that. We were happy.
0: But it hadn't occurred to any of you that they could have been shaken or burned to death by that point anyway? Well, that's why we did, you know,
1: first of all, in my elementary school, maybe we weren't thinking that far in advance, but That's a good point. Uh, we we didn't we didn't go woo woo until they actually splashed down. Yes, yeah, but they, not could gonna have, be any they could have been then. a dead you know paste inside there. Yes, but we weren't you know thinking that far. Um, I think, but I think by then we'd had. Yeah, the trip down is long enough. There'd been radio contact by that point. Like, you know, hey, we're still alive in here. It's all cool. Oh yeah, they showed that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you know, it had been. It's a little truncated and here for Harry the movie, but
0: misty ass Ben Affleck's about to cry face. Yeah, this is this is this Oscar
1: Oscar supporting Oscar nomination right there. That's the kind of shot that gets you the supporting Oscar nomination. Look at the emotion on his face. <laughs> It's like uh, in Glory. Just I was rewatching Glory the other day, and Denzel Washington was nominated for supporting actor for that one. And it was a scene where he's being whipped, and it's just a long close up on his face. You ever seen Glory? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's like it holds on his face, and holds on his face, and holds on his face as he's being whipped, and then suddenly a t- one single tear comes trickling down.
0: <laughs> Oscar nomination right there in one shot, guaranteed. That's how you do it. The way they shot the whole landing sequence was that they originally were going to do it almost full size, and they dropped it out of a helicopter from 150 feet, and it, it, the parachutes opened, and it landed softly, and that was not nearly cinematic enough. So they made a smaller one and dropped it from 50 feet, and it like, <laughs> slaps the water at 50 miles an hour, like just like the parachutes had opened, but they weren't doing anything, and it hits the water and like, goes like six feet under the water like a bobber. Here's your <laughs> hatch. <back> up. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's where your hatch is. Yeah, that's it. Just
1: open it. See, that's the we're that's really the, hot. That's the nose hatch. That's the hatch that used to connect to uh, to Odyssey.
2: That would what?
1: There's, there's a hatch in the nose. There's a hatch in the nose. That's how they go back and forth to the to the lander. Yeah. So
2: never mind. But there's also
1: a, there's a, that's a door right behind. Brian him. doesn't a, believe the you. The door behind him that's no, how I they just, get in.
2: Right. Short circuit in my brain for a second. Yeah. Are it's
1: you, quite simple. If only we had a model of some kind in this room that we could look at. No. I made a spaceship.
0: I Look I at the, the way spaceship.
2: Fred uh, Bill Paxton sways back and forth yeah. in that shot. He's really selling that I do, yeah. helicopter that helicopter in a park. Yeah. Bill, theater.
0: it's a real helicopter. Just yeah. stand. Now I think
2: the uh, But I don't think it was though. I think like, "Hey Bill, just sway a little bit to yeah. sell the helicopter thing." And he goes, "Okay." Okay, like this. Bill Paxton's like,
0: "Acting is easy.
1: <laughs> I'm getting paid already." So, <laughs> I'm still auditioning. You never know. Um, I think that if you go to Universal, there's a there's an Apollo capsule sitting on the walkway um, that I used to walk past going to the parking lot every day at work. I'm pretty sure it's probably that that mock-up that they were just seeing, you know, getting out of the getting out of the in the ocean because it's a full-on space capsule exterior just sitting there. I don't think it's a real one. And here's the summation. I, I mean, if, if anything, if anything is you know where Ron Howard is giving us the message of this movie, um, it's probably it's the part where he has
0: Tom say it.
1: Yeah, just say it like, "Hey, so douchebags, it was cool that we went to the moon, and stuff happens, and that doesn't mean we shouldn't keep going."
0: As if like there's a movie design that doesn't say to the audience more that the movie is over. He starts talking just so you know for sure. Yeah, he's also telling us how everyone, you know, what happened to everyone else, the rest of their lives. This guy died.
1: Um, this guy never flew again. Jack Swagger left the astronaut corps and went on to have lots of sex. Lots of sex. They became he, he was a he was a single astronaut then he was a senator. You know he was getting lots, lots of it. lots.
0: Waves lots. and waves.
1: Yeah. Manningly's pretty badass for having been in an Apollo
2: and the shuttle. That's that's pretty impressive. Gene Krantz was a mission controller for the shuttle. Uh, Flight director rather. Yeah. And there we have our... Camion. And, and here's the cameo Mubble. as the admiral or whatever. As the captain. Role.
1: Captain. Pardon me. I don't know my uh, military Well, ranks. Ron
2: Howard was like, oh, we'll make you the admiral of the ship. Oh, That's <laughs> right. And, and, and uh, Jim Lovell was like, you yeah. fucking won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I retired as a captain. Just make me a captain. So,
1: so there's Lovell himself. A little cameo. And good for him. Hey, wait. Who's the Pakistani guy on this? <laughs> hey, where <they> <laughs> they got <Ranjit>! a Terrorist, <laughs> terrorist, terrorist.
0: <laughs> cool. I look up at the moon and wonder when will we go back again. Right. 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 <laughs> and wonder why did we lie about it so much. So Apollo 13. I I think an excellent example yeah. of how to make a great movie about space with real science, real guys, real science, real engineering. Kind of all right fonts. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you don't want to be that guy. I like the font. Yeah, I like
2: the font. Yeah,
0: fonts like the are font. All right. It just seems like I mean, you know, Trojan man, Trojan. <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever. Brian, did this movie change your life? It did. It very it very much. Really did?
2: How so? I, I'm here,
0: and I didn't I have anything to say in conversation <laughs> until this movie gave me all my one-liners. Well, you, but you said at the beginning it, it didn't. It didn't strike you well, when you sort first of
1: saw it. Your sister made you watch it to the point where you didn't want to see it
2: anymore. And that's just
0: because she yes. had a crush on Bill Paxton. Ooh. <laughs> no, uh, at
2: first, and then you know later on when I got a little older, because I was already into Star Trek and science fiction at the time, and then a little later I got into Real Space, and uh, and that's. I mean that's when I discovered from the air to the moon and Apollo 15 and all of that, um, and then yeah, well that was because I wanted to be an astronaut and I went to college to be a pilot and astronaut, and uh, then that didn't work out, so I decided I'll make movies that make people want to be astronauts. All right, and fair enough. Here I
0: am. That's reasonable, and that's that's me, Trey. I mean this movie just kind of enforced what you already knew. It's yeah, it's it's it uh, enlighten you. I, it's a shame. It's a shame
1: Michael wasn't able to join us because Michael has his theory of the perfect movie, which doesn't mean that a movie is perfect in the way that most people think. But it means you know it's a movie that says this is what we're going to do, and then it delivers on it, and it does it perfectly. And and I think about I would, Apollo thirteen according to Michael's I, yeah. perfect movie theory, you know it is it's a it's a great story they executed it just about flawlessly there's nothing in the movie that, that makes you go oh that wasn't that part wasn't so good right. that wasn't so well done that part um, everything about it is top notch And nothing uh, about
2: it goes why are they spending time on that yeah
1: it's no. uh, it's entertaining and it's brilliant and it's a story that everyone ought to know and, and uh, know more about and uh, I believe, I know it was nominated for a slew of awards, but mm-hmm. I think the upset was it didn't win. I visual be- effects. It was, it, it, that was the big it, upset. Did win, it didn't win visual effects, and I yeah. don't think it won Best Picture. Although it's I don't a, think so. If yeah. I recall correctly, feel free to look me up. Here's where the internet can work in our favor. Um, I'm going <laughs> to guess it was an upset and it lost to Braveheart. That's how I remember it.
2: It uh, it's kind of like Braveheart,
1: which was also the upset where, I don't know, I could be wrong. Well,
2: the visual but, effects upset, which is still, in my opinion, one of the greatest upsets of all time. Uh,
0: babe won babe. Best Visual Effects well, because, they make, because was animals, apples, but they app- made the mouths Most
1: apples and oranges. Uh, that's a all hard one. was
0: nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Braveheart won. And,
1: it, and lost to Braveheart, yeah. so and, and, and what's Braveheart? Another actor going, I think I'd like to try directing.
0: Mm. Um, Kathleen Quinlan was nominated for Actress in a Supporting Role. Good. So was Ed Harris, obviously.
1: William uh, William Goldman has a theory that anytime a famous actor tries his hand at directing, it's guaranteed to get a nomination because Hollywood goes, "Oh, that's so cute what he did! Look at him, he can do anything!" And it's true. It's like look at look at a famous actor. Um, usually, their first the first film they make, unless it you know totally doesn't doesn't do any business at all, gets nominated. Redford won for his first movie. Costner won for his first movie. Um, you know, Gibson won for his first movie. Uh, you know, that's, that's they go. Oh, isn't it cute? They can direct as well.
0: We should give him an Oscar stuff.
1: <laughs> so.
0: It also won for... Uh, it was nominated for Achievement in Art Direction and Best Adapted Screenplay. And rightly so. and uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, you know, the book. Great. Whatever. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Score was nominated. It looks like it got a lot of nominations. I don't see any But wins. it kind of got shut out. Oh, it got... Thought. Okay. Achievement in Sound it won. Good. And uh, it Achievement in Visual Effects it lost to Babe.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So there you go. Which is a shame. This is...
2: This is a movie... This is what movies should be, yeah, I think this, this is, is what all movies should be
1: well, but the, as far as we have to admit that babe is what movies have become, <laughs> That's so true. so That's as far in terms of which which was pointing the way to the future, babe because you know this, this this movie had actual models in it how how old-fashioned can you get
2: right. this is this is when people ask me what kind of movies do you want to make this is Apollo 13 is not a, bad,
1: not a
0: bad not a bad bar to try and uh, so try to clear try and but get it's it over. a high
2: one It's a very high one
0: that'll do and that'll you do, a Pig. And me I this movie you know it's it's one of those things where I don't need this movie to con- continue loving fucking Saturn 5 rockets and everything. <laughs> it's funny I think I don't know if I've mentioned on the show uh, but for for reasons of just the way your brain develops when you when you learn what's entertaining to you and then what's interesting to you as a result of that um, and and it can inform to a, an almost criminal level how much <laughs> you think of something whether or not that's what you should think of it. Like, I grew up watching Indiana Jones movies and thinking the Nazis were fucking awesome, and now I think the Nazis are fucking awesome. And it's not like I intellectually or, you know, on a a moral level agree with them as as a group. It's just that they had this fucking rad outfit and their planes were cool, and Steven Spielberg told me to like them. So, you know, thank you, Spielberg. Well played, sir. But for the same reason, it's like... I don't need this movie to like the fucking Saturn V rockets and think it was awesome that people almost died in space a bunch of times and stuff like I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I was already... When you made the sale, you stopped selling, you know? <laughs> right. So this movie, I love and I enjoy it. It's a perfect movie and all those things, and it's about an interest, uh, a subject that I'm interested in, but at the end of the day... I didn't need it to, to think this kind of shit was awesome, but props to you, Ron Howard, and especially props to you, Tom Hanks. We will continue to love you with our whole hearts yes. as long as you keep doing shit like this. And and Band of Brothers, which is genius, and I guess Band of Brothers that too. That thing you is do still,
2: is on its way. That yeah. thing
1: you do, I, yeah, the one time, the one time Tom Hanks directed, to my yeah, knowledge, I, actually directed. We'll need to a do, movie. do that thing you
0: do. That'd be a perfect. <laughs> that, that is a I good agree. one. That is a good we'll one. We'll do that. We'll do that here um, in a couple weeks.
1: That uh, you know, he 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 didn't win an Oscar for it. Uh, didn't uh, would not do huge business. But uh, that thing you do, I would call another. Put it on the shelf of the perfect films. That, Me too. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with
0: that movie. And there's the end of our credits. So, uh, this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. You can find more episodes at downinfront.net Front net. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and download any of the movies that you've already seen in that list, or you can just wait for new ones, or you can just forget that we exist entirely. It's up to you. Follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash DownInFront. And I am T. Christie And I'm Brian Finisher. And I am Trey Stokes. And until next time, thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks. in your head.com.